hello and welcome to Elite Week, episode whatever the fuck this is. Holy cow, did we have an interesting start to the show. My name is Kai Zen. This is episode 66 of Elite Week. And you know what? It's time for another one. Welcome to Elite the Movie, uh, Galactic Water Cooler, uh, Friday, March 12th, 2021. And that song was dedicated to all the stations in the capital systems of the galaxy. Oh, I'm on fire. With me, as always, is Commander Roy Cookson. Say hi, Roy. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> I hope you're having a great Friday and uh, glad to have you with us. Oh, yes. And we've got the tactical officer, Tweak74. Say hello, Tweak. Friday night, once again, we are here. That is a good indication of how the week has gone so far, but it's going to be smooth sailing from this point forward. Right? That's the plan. And we've got the admiral of the Dark Wheel, Commander Wolf Dragon. Say hi to the beautiful people, Wolf. Good evening, Commanders. Hope everyone's having a great time. Hell yes. Our on-air producer is me. Oh, fuck. Our graphics <laughs> producer is Control It On and Swordsmith. The executive producer is Wolf Dragon. And the podcast editor is my main man, Monohive. The cover art for this episode is coming in hot. You know what that's about. You know. Don't be coy. As I said, the opening song dedicated to all the stations in the Capital Systems is I'm On Fire by Scary Pockets featuring Rhett Madison. I hope you like that. And our closing song is going to be Still Crazy After All These Years by Sarah Nemitz and Snuffy Walden. We got a hell of a show set up for tonight. We've got the Capitals across the bubbler on fire. We've got a farewell to Stephen Benedetti. New Odyssey details. Morse code with Adam Master continuation. And casting of Elite the Movie. All this and more. So stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right, let's dive right into it, because there's a lot to get to tonight. <clears throat> so right off the bat, let's start off with... 
It's the Dark Will Update. The Dark Will Update. I want to start off with a shout out to the Black Sky Legion. BSL1 uh, is the uh, squadron code in uh, PC for PC format. The official squadron of the Dark Wheel Project. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to the Admiral. Wolf, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Dark Wheel this week? Right. Well, we are in Ross 154. We have just over 65% inf, which means we just need 10 more to go to get that expansion towards the soul going. Got a little bad luck with uh, two of the factions getting into a bit of a, a bit of a rough housing, and uh, we're going to end that. So it's 4-0, and we'll continue on. And a few days after that, we'll have that expansion candle lit, and we'll see what happens for the Dark Wheel and Soul. Hell yes. In the meantime, why don't you give me, uh, I want to, you know, let's hear some shout outs to some of the awesome people that are doing work, doing hard work for the dark wheel day in and day out. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot like that. I'm going to miss names and please, if I missed your name, do not take it personally. Um, a shout out to there Phil Barnes. More, yeah, there could be to, more shout outs next week too. So just uh, That's true. I'll have more. I got to make a list just for you. Okay, so uh, Phil Barnes, he helps me out with doing the BGS scans every day just after the tick. I got a few other guys that help out too, but he is always there, and I thank him immensely. From the Black Sky Legion and the Rabbit Hamster Assault Force, we've got Abel Airy, Big C, Biotic King, Jan the Bulldozer, Null Vector, Obsolete Robot, Opa Asi, Thundar, and many, many more who... You guys just do an absolute job. Just, I get the orders done. You guys go execute, and everybody else who's what who's uh, participating from just the standing orders channel or grabbing what I post up in the uh, frontier forums. There, all of you are doing an excellent job. We we wouldn't be here without you. And of course, we've got Control It On, Swordsmith, Nomad. We got we got people working working day in and day out. So. We're going to continue to shout out some of the beautiful people that are just going above and beyond on the project. And I want to say thank you also to the people that are, you know, on the uh, forums that are doing stuff and people that are following us from the many different discords that, you know, that follow the the project and whatnot. So, yeah, I want to I just want to uh, shout out basically everybody. Um, all right. So. Next up, let's talk about Commander Brono. Uh, he he is Commander Brono of the Infernal Expedition. He launched an SRV off of a low-G world into orbit, aided by a host of fellow expedition members who spent over six hours in different SLFs and ships, sort of nudging him into position to land his... SRV on the deck of a fleet carrier, which is just sort of a, a crazy town. Like, holy crap, that's 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 just nuts. Um, in the show notes, we have a link to the forum thread where they discussed it and show several very cool pictures, as well as uh, the video that Commander Brono put up is Elite Dangerous landing an SRV on a fleet carrier. It's eight minutes long, and what he does is sort of pull out little bits and pieces of that six-plus-hour uh, sort of 
ordeal to get that fleet carrier there or to get that, sorry, uh, SRV there. And he shows you in the, the thread uh, different things and issues they came across and things that they figured out along the way. So if you want to try to recreate that, he gives you the playbook on how to do it. So big salute to you, Commander Bruno, and all of the commanders of the Infernal Expedition who helped out with that. That is some cool shit. I want to take just a moment to say uh, with regard to the Epic Store, there's right now you can get for free on the Epic Store if you play on PC and don't have some just desperate hatred of the Epic Store, you can get Surviving Mars for free. If you're sort of sitting around bored waiting for something to do for the couple of weeks before, you know, alpha starts, or if you're, uh, you know, even going to go longer down the line, you know, that's the thing. You can go take a look at that. Um, Surviving Mars looks really cool. So check it out. It's free. In addition, we've got an update on the Comfy Cannon Cruise. Commander Mephisto, and the way his character is written is L-V-L-E. P-H-I-S-T-O, which basically makes sort of a big M, Mephisto. Uh, <clears throat> he asked if we could please mention that the fleet carrier Konshu, which is K-H-O-N-S-U, which has the designator X-Ray, Lima, Foxtrot, 5, X-Tray, Yankee, uh, X-Ray, Yankee, rather, uh, is now stationed in the Varati system, V-A-R-A-T-I, and is ready for departure to the first waypoint of the Comfy Cannon Cruise on the 14th of March at 1500 hours UTC, 3 p.m. UTC. So for people Eastern stand, uh, time zone, that would be 10 a.m. UTC. Uh, they say they already have a good bunch of people on board, but maybe there are some late deciders that want to join in uh, on the tour around the Milky Way. Uh, just as a, as a sort of refresher, what we're talking about here is the entire Comfy or Canon Cruise, which is like over 400,000 light years. They're going to do it over the next couple months. And he's going to have, he's got an itinerary set up and you can just sort of go for the ride and not have to do the crazy jumps. They're having an itinerary and they'll say like, on this day at this time, we'll be in this system where you can scan these four life forms or, you know, jump around to these eight systems in the nearby area and scan these 15 life forms, whatever, and then get back to the fleet carrier by X time and we're going to move to the next. So if you want to take the sort of easy route, the low impact route of you've got a, a tour guide, you've got repairs and full system services and all of the things right there, why not join Captain commander mephisto and you know and take the cruise um <clears throat> for more information on it uh there is a uh, uh short link to the elite dangerous forums which will be in the show notes there's a bit bitly link so it's http colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash ed3c so ed and then 3C stands for Comfy Cannon Cruise. 3C. Not 3Cs, just the number 3 and then the letter C. So, yeah, that's some cool shit. I say, if you're looking for something to do, why not, man? Join up. Head out on that. Uh, I want to do a sort of brief response to some of the comments on our breakdown of the heavily edited gameplay footage from last week. And also... Uh, after that, I'm going to sort of discuss a, con a, a comment that I made to another content creator that asked my, you know, like, hey, man, what's your opinion on this? So 
I keep getting comments on the YouTube videos, uh, uh, and I'm seeing them across the elite community saying basically some form of, well, you know, you can't charge the gameplay footage from last week because it was uh, a weak base, or also saying, you know, because it was a very old version of the AI that was crap, and they've subs- subsequently upgraded it greatly, et cetera, et cetera. You know, variations of that. Here's my response to this line of reasoning. While I acknowledge that the statement may be completely correct, I didn't choose what footage to show off. Frontier did. So if they showed us unimpressive opponents or an old build that had, you know, dog shit AI that made the FPS encounter look just poor, that's not on me. That's entirely on Frontier. It's on them to show us something that excites us. I will not white knight for a $1.6 billion plus company. If they show me footage of a product that's three weeks out from the alpha, I'll judge it as such. No more, no less. Now, I definitely understand that, you know, they're saying, hey, it's been, it's gotten better since. And great, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to look at what you show me, but I'm going to judge what you show me as what you show me. I'm not going to sit there and make excuses and say like, well, you know, this is, it's eight months old. This AI, they've got seven generations better now. It's way better. Well, then why did you show me something old? That's, that's your mistake. That's not my problem. Now, again, I was asked by another content creator, hey man, do you think they're going to be ready for March 29th? Do you think this is going to be ready? And is it going to be like playable and good? And my response was, and this is, Word for word, a copy and paste of my response. Very hard to say. Frontier have proven themselves more than capable of designing, releasing, implementing a fantastic product. They've also demonstrated again and again a complete incompetence of marketing, PR, community management, and messaging in general. In short, Frontier development is all IQ and no EQ. So when they drop nothing but info dumps that are more edited than a Michael Bay flick, One can only wait for March 29th in the hopes that they make the date and deliver something that is good. Clearly, FDev ran into a wall somewhere in the Elite Dangerous Odyssey development process, and instead of being honest about it, they've gone with their tried-and-true Politburo communication plan of nothing to say, nothing to see. The thing that actually worries me the most right now is that while they have shown, after a massively edited fashion, some lackluster FPS footage, which they then excused by saying this was an old build, so it can't be judged. Again, what are we supposed to do but judge what you show us three weeks before the, the, the scheduled alpha? They've yet to show us any exobiology details, any suits in inventory, any hacking, any scavenging, any entering atmosphere, any sphere of combat. They say that what sets their FPS apart from all of the others What their key selling point is, is that Elite Dangerous Odyssey, ships will be shooting SRVs, SRVs will be shooting people, people will be shooting ships. This unique blend of inter-unit interaction will make Odyssey distinct. And yet, despite that fact, and despite the fact that all they've shown us, aside from Planet Tech, is FPS, they have shown us exactly zero examples of any inter-unit interaction. Not one second of footage anywhere. All of this large-scale inter-unit combat, as well as many of the other highly touted new and exciting ways that we will be able to play together are 
highly dependent upon dramatically increasing the mechanisms within the game for instancing. Now, despite the claims of a big code refresh a year ago from that, what do you call it, investor dinner, and much speculating about it done by myself and the whole community early on in the Elite Dangerous Odyssey announcement phase, everybody was saying, well, clearly we're getting a code refresh. Oh, look, we're multi-crew and, and wing is gonna work now. Physical multi-crew is gonna work, this, that, and the other. Clearly we're getting a big code refresh. Here's the thing, I've heard nothing so far from Frontier about this, and I'm starting to be afraid that that's the wall that they hit. That's the problem they hit, and that's why they're not talking about it. We did Dev Diary 1 on schedule, Dev Diary 2 on schedule. They skipped Dev Diary 3 altogether, which was called Assemble Your Crew, which I think was supposed to be all about this new interactivity and instancing and, and greater ability to play with each other. They just skipped all of that. And they jumped sort of three weeks to a month late to Dev Diary 4, which was the FPS stuff. They still have never gone back. It's been December 10th was the last Dev Diary we got. We're in March 12th. It's been over three months. We still haven't got Dev Diary 3 that was supposed to come really in November. It still hasn't come. I think that's the wall that they hit. I hope and pray that what we get is something good, that they figure out some way to make this good. Fingers crossed, man. I'm rooting for you. Frontier, I love you. You piss me the fuck off, but God damn it, I love you and I'm rooting for you. But let's let's all fingers crossed hope that come March 29th, A, we get an alpha and B, it looks good. Anybody uh, tweet, you got something you want to say? Go for it. Yeah, I was just going to say, and it, you kind of got me thinking, if, that's the, if that is true and they hit a wall with the code refresh, I wonder if they wouldn't have been better off just doing what many games throughout time have done and said, okay, that's Elite Dangerous. Mm. With Odyssey, we're going to totally rebuild this and we're going to release Elite Dangerous 2 or Elite Deadly or whatever you want to call it and just release a whole nother version of the game. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yes, I did adjust your audio down a little bit, Wolf, so you're good. Uh, it, it, it's interesting that you say that. I feel like, in fairness to Frontier, they're sort of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with that. I mean, there's a lot of people that backed Elite off of a lot of promises in the Kickstarter, and they, they were, we're talking about lifetime, uh, what, lifetime extended pass LEP? They always just say LEP. The lifetime extended pass holders that sort of were promised the stuff the, the stuff in Odyssey and wh whatever. Um, and then I feel like there's a lot of people that like they've spent arcs on stuff for their, sh you know, ship and their fleet carrier and whatever. Um, you know, maybe Frontier could have figured out some scheme where your shit could transfer over under a new system or whatever. That kind of stuff can transfer over. I mean, if Mass Effect 2 can take your choices and all your information from 1 to Part 2, they certainly can do it in 2019, 2020, 2021, all these newer years. I'm just an old jarhead, man. I'm, I'm an idiot. on. I don't know how these companies really work. I don't know how whatever. I mean, I could sit here and talk shit as a pundit and whatever, but in the end, you know, I'm just, I'm just an idiot. I'm, I don't know this shit. So who knows? But like, I feel like they're backed into a corner and whatever, and I I am rooting so hard for them to pull this one out. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm scared shitless because I feel like they have not been honest with, you know, it's like your wife wrecked the car and she comes in and she's telling you all kinds of great things and she's, and you're like, okay, cool, I'm just gonna go out to the car and get something. And she's like, oh, no, no, come back here. And it's like, I'm starting to get a feeling this shit's a little, shit's not adding up here. But like, just like the wife, you know? You love her. Frontier, I love you. You do piss me off, but God damn it, I love you. I, I pray to God that you pull this out. Roy. 
look, two and a half weeks isn't too long to give the benefit of the doubt and just wait and see. Maybe much more important is regardless of if they're aiming for a date that that is something to do with a shareholder promise and whatnot. That's one thing. That doesn't really, I mean, that's not a date that's super important to players. I think what's important to players is that even if what they release ends up having some fewer features than mm -hmm. what they would have liked to have seen, what matters is are they going to keep working on it till it's done and and put in all the features that they they've sort of hinted at or or if you go all the way back to the the kickstarter you know there's a subset of those features that are finally showing up in odyssey and if uh even if it is sort of uh trimmed a bit to hit a date uh i think ultimately what's going to matter is when the when the, when they when do they stop working on it you know are they going to continue to do all those features or is mm -hmm. it just a timing thing and that's that's another thing right there frontier has an amazing and dog shit reputation at that at the same time certain aspects of uh, elite dangerous came out just broken and and bad and just shitty and they did a masterful job of fixing those aspects they did phenomenal at like making it right and implementing with an iterative process and really 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 just mwah making it good other aspects of the game for example power play for example cqc for example you know other aspects of the game they released it as sort of meh and then said yeah we're gonna implement that and then just you know what's that lassie timmy's in the well just they fucked right off so like there's an inconsistency there where it's like there's a lot to love and there's a lot to be legitimately fairly critical of. And I'm never going to go, I'm never, ever going to go the Yamex route. I am never, ever, ever going to go where like I am a hater who just enjoys shitting on Frontier and can never admit when they do right. They do so much right. And there's so much amazing stuff with this game. But I'm also not going to go, and I'm not going to name anybody, but I'm also not going to go the White Knight route where... No matter what happens, I'm just like, well, let me just bend over backwards like a pretzel and squint my eyes and pretend it's not what it is. Like, no, I go down the road. I go truthful. If it's right, I'll call it. If it's wrong, I'll call it. But no matter what, you're going to get my honest opinion, like it or not. You don't have to like it. You can disagree. That's fair. Just bring some logic to the argument because otherwise I'll take you to school. Best thing to take from this whole conversation is fears and 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 speculation and all of this aside we are two weeks from getting our hands on the product and at that point we'll know what's what i will say this in fairness to frontier do not load in march 29th see problems and go well this is all just the worst it's shit it'll never get better and then fucking just vomit hatred and quit for forever process of an alpha and the process of a beta are about taking the, the, the things that you can fix and making tweaks and changes. So if the art assets are, are more or less right, and if the 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 game loops are, 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 are finished, like they don't dump, they don't fucking crash over and over. And yes, the game is gonna crash over and over on day one, day two, day three, whatever. But like, give it a couple days as people load in and whatever. And if the game, a week in isn't crashing constantly, but the numbers are all dog shit where it's like, uh, I can't make any money doing this. What? It costs more to whatever. It costs more in ammunition than I got from that fucking job. Or that's weird. This mission paid nothing. 
that mission paid me 800 million credits. What the fuck? You guys got your shit all fucked up. That's the process of Alpha and Beta. Relax. Put in bug reports. Put in stuff. Work with Frontier. If it's just the tweaking bits, if the instancing is good, pray to God, and if the game loops are good, but the numbers are all wrong, remember Fleet Carriers. The numbers were dog shit on Fleet Carriers. They went through a good alpha or beta iterative process, and two months later, feel like the numbers on Fleet Carriers were amazing. So just sort of work the process, hold your breath. If it gets too frustrating, fucking log back to the regular game, do the comfy can challenge, comfy fucking whatever challenge, do, you know, some power play, turn the wheel, do some some racing in the base game. Go and 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 play Surviving Mars. Play a little Star Citizen. Play a little No Man's Sky. Play a little fucking Final Fantasy or WoW or whatever is your side thing. Go, go watch a movie. Chill, relax, whatever. But if through the iterative process, it's going to be a six-week alpha. If at the end of that six-week alpha, we're still looking at serious concerns or problems. Okay, that's the time to really sort of take it, whatever. Don't, don't be overly hard on them on day one, man. Day one is what it is, so... Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I announced earlier, uh, DJ Space Hero. I said that uh, Surviving Mars is free on the Epic Store. So, like, yeah, go have some fun with it. It's all good. Fingers crossed. I'm rooting for him. I really am. I've got, in the back of my head, I've got questions and concerns. But God damn it, I'm rooting for him. So let's, let's hope for the best. And let's all send some love and good thoughts and cheers out to Frontier that, that this shit plays out well. Anybody else from the crew got something they want to say on this? Fingers crossed, brother. Fingers crossed. And and you know what? If there's one game company that I would put my money on, as I said, I, I, as I say repeatedly, Frontier is absolutely incompetent at certain aspects of community management and marketing and PR. But motherfucker, can they make a great game? So let's pray to God that that's what's going to happen here. It's going to be a great game, and and let's 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 just hope for the best. Which takes us to Frontier news. For news beyond the game. It's Frontier News. It's Frontier News. All right. Right off the bat, newsletter 313 dropped. There's nothing really useful in it. Look at it if you want. It's free. Streamwise. There were two streams this week. There was the Thursday stream, which had no useful information of any kind. But the Tuesday stream, Super Cruise News number 26 with Art and Bruce, had a legitimately good amount of information in it clarifications on stuff from the previous week. So, you know, uh, Art said the AI was old and low rank. Expect better AI opponents. Okay. I mean, honestly, my response to that, as I said earlier, is well, then you should have showed us better. But like, all right, let's, let's, we'll let that go. Uh, a follow-up from the Dr. K stream where they at, were asked like, hey man, are the, uh, what do you call it? The, the rings, are they going to cast shadows on the planet? The answer is no, they're not. And that's troubling to some people. I've heard from people that they're like, well, they've been touting this lighting uh, system getting better. And if you're not going to do that, then yeah, I think this is bad, this whatever. I'm just going to tell you my, this is my viewpoint. If the gameplay is good, the planets, god damn it, the planets look so gorgeous. That's that's the one thing that I have zero fear on. I have zero fear that Elite isn't going to look amazing. Between the increase in planet tech and the phenomenal job that Dr. K and her team did on the rendering of assets, there's that thing, I forget, there's an acronym, something, 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 it's three letters, and it's like, basically what it, what it comes down to is like, 
physical materials, something where it's like, hey man, your ships look better. Your SRV looks better. Like the way they render the galaxy, not just the planets, but your ships, your stuff. They made it like look more realistic with like the handholds and the, the, the like the shadows and the just, I don't know. I'm not a smart guy. That computer shit, they did good on that. I, I have zero, zero question. I have absolute faith that that's going to be amazing. So uh, getting upset over the planet rings, not casting a shadows. I get it where for some people that might be a big thing and hopefully Frontier can incorporate that in the future. But as for now, I, I can't find any fucks to give about this. I, I, I know that this game is going to be gorgeous. I'm excited for that. Um, they said they intended to show off exploration, exobiology, scavenging, as well as other non-combat aspects of Odyssey before the Alpha on March 29th. That's two weeks away, so fingers crossed, soon we'll get to see some stuff. Art said that the Alpha is going to be six weeks. Now, that's starting March 29th, so if they start on schedule March 29th, that means that that Alpha is going to be ending May 10th. So six weeks for Alpha. Are we going to assume another six weeks for Beta? Or are we going to say they're not going to do a Beta? They're just going to call an Alpha and then release? Or maybe six weeks and then like a two minutes and then release? Or two weeks and then release? Or six and, and four or six and ten? No clue. But just the Alpha alone takes us to May the 10th at the earliest. That's coming up on that deadline they were talking about for May. So as I've said before, Frontier... If you're going to miss the May deadline, end of May, for actually releasing this stuff, and Alpha is what you're calling your release or whatever, if you're going to miss that, and PC's not going to drop until, you know, whatever, July or August anyways, do some polish, do some extra polish, keep the Alpha, Beta, whatever process up to where people can play uh, as much as they want with with the, the goodies of, uh, what do you call it, uh, Odyssey, but like... Don't start the clock on the BGS. Don't start the clock on the first footfall. Don't start the clock on that shit. Move, if you have to, move PC back two months. Move uh, 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 consoles up two months. And let's get a unified release. You you, you will be saving so many people uh, uh, heartache and, and upset feelings and whatever. Like, I don't know. That's just me. Whatever. Um, they did talk about frontline solutions. They said that it will allow players to join large battles. Now, previously, if you remember, on one of the streams long ago, uh, uh, Art said, well, we've been asked, are we going to have CQC? We're not going to talk about that, but yes, CQC on foot, he was talking about. And now they're, they're talking about this. I, I Honestly, if you read between the lines, I think what you're seeing here is that Frontline Solutions is FPS CQC. So big, large, throw a bunch of people in there, let them shoot each other in the face, whatever. Mazel tov. Um, they accidentally, they said, they talked about, Art said, they accidentally spawned a player into orbit. Um, and Art was like, oh, that was a huge mistake because like the player was on foot and they were spawned into orbit. They used some dev tool that they can spawn somebody to a physical location. They did. And it spawned them just in their, you know, commander suit out in, in, in space. And he was like, oh, that was a problem. We had to like crash it or close it or turn it, like whatever. Like that, that caused a major problem. But in the process of talking about that, Art said specifically, quote, this is word for word what he said. That is not saying there is not zero G in Odyssey. Now, to be perfectly clear, 
he didn't just say, because I've heard some people say, oh, Art said there's zero G. No, he didn't. He said that that is not to say there is not. That's like, that is vague as fuck. Don't read into it that he promised you zero G. Don't read into it that he said for sure no zero G. Pretty much just read into it that he said some words that don't really mean anything exactly other than he is not at this time guaranteeing no zero G. That doesn't mean there is. It just, eh, just everybody relax on that one. Cause I've seen so many people speculate so hard on that one line. And it's like that line, I didn't say, I didn't promise you that I'm not going to give you a million dollars. That doesn't mean I'm giving you a million dollars. That just, you know. All right. So, um, let's see. Uh, Roy, you got something on the zero G. Hop in. Yeah. Just, um, I mean, not to get more tinfoily about it, but um, if you think about even the story of the SRV making it to the fleet carrier, they're going to have some kind of mechanic around the jetpack that presumably gives you some... Uh, some amount of limited control, and, mm. and maybe it'll be like the SRV where you have like you, I think you can control basically two of the axes and not the third axis. Um, there's small bodies you can find, um, very very small moons that have ridiculously low gravity, and I could certainly see situations where you could literally run off a building and kind of be in zero g. Um, it, you know, and now, so it's more of a gameplay question of what control are they going to allow you when you're in that situation? Because whether or not, you know, outposts have zero G or uh, you can crawl around a ship or even exit your ship unless it's landed, there's certainly going to be situations where with the existing mechanics, people can put their their character on foot into a similar you know, let's launch an SRV into orbit kind of scenario. Maybe. I think I just I just want to highlight the fact that like the people that are saying, oh, he said we're getting zero G. No, he didn't. Relax. The people that said, oh, he said no zero G. No, he didn't. Relax. He basically said nothing you can quote there. So just wait and see. Don't get yourself twisted either which way is all I'm saying. Um, as previously stated, he said in this in this thing, like, you can access your gear in sh in your ship or in your SRV. And everybody's like, oh, wow, did you see he said that? Dude, that is not new news. That was said months ago. In fact, months ago when it was said, all three locations where you could access your gear was stated. It was stated that you would have a storage locker that, quote unquote, sort of a, a, a storage locker access system where you could access your gear in your ship, in your SRV, or at certain locations in stations and on bases. So if you go, you know, maybe, you know, whatever, it'll say like, oh, over here is your locker and you can, you know, change your, your gun or change your suit or change your loadout in different places. Um, so yeah, that's that's not new news, but it was reiterated. That's good. Okay. Uh, it was stated on that state uh, on that stream that they really like CQC, and Bruce is actually working on a large list of quality of life issues for it. But there's no ETA on results, as Odyssey is the priority now. Now I want to say this as well. This did not come from the stream. I want to clarify that. This did not come from the stream, but this came from the CQC community. They presented, Bruce and the devs, they presented Frontier with a large list of quality of life issues that they want to see 
Like, we want this, we want that. Frontier came back to the CQC community and said, okay, that's cool. Uh, we've got your list of quality of life things noted. We'll look into that. But is there any larger scale things that you would like over and above these small quality of life improvements? You know, so when you're talking larger scale, small quality of life improvement is like, hey man, we want this, we want that, we want, you know, some little things, whatever. And, and Frontier is like, hey, well, what about other like larger assets or new maps or like, what do you want that sort of bigger scale, bigger picture? Again, no details on an ETA or commitment on anything, but that's very promising to me at least that Frontier is saying, okay, cool, noted. We see your quality of life issues that you'd like, whatever. But we're looking to kind of invest a little, we're not doing looking to invest the minimum time and effort to just give you quality of life issues. We're looking to maybe put a little investment into CQC as a game loop and, and make things sort of on a larger scale a, a little bit better there. And I, I'm very, very gratified by that. I think what, what you're looking at here though is something that you're not gonna see you know, until way down the line. I think this is something that it's like, if if the game is out on all platforms by, you know, November, December or whatever, this would be a thing you might see start to be coming to pass maybe in the spring of 2022. Like, you know, this is down the line, but it's gratifying. It's interesting. Uh, tweet. Uh, it's all fine and good. It's great that they're mm. looking at doing that and any changes any improvements to the game i'm all mm -hmm. for my only question is and don't don't get all riled up all you cqc guys but is cqc the best spot for their energies right now uh not even talking about odyssey but what about power play what about different things inside the open universe that most of us play in every day when we play this game Things that need to be polished, things that need to be touched up, but things that we've heard nothing about. I get it, man. Uh, however, I would point out that when you say like, hey, I want power play to be looked at. I want these other things to be looked at. To me, seeing Frontier look at some of their, let's say, less fleshed out game loops like CQC and think about ways to make them more fulfilling I think that that is nothing but a good indicator that they haven't abandoned all of their old stuff and that we might see some benefits to power play down the road or benefits to other things as well. Uh, Roy. Hearing that discourse made me think about to what degree, and, and yes, the examples we've seen of the FPS play so far wouldn't support this, but let's take it on the face that uh, on at face value that this is going to be better the, the ai is going to get fixed it's actually mm -hmm. going to be a fun fps a strong component of a, a, a strong component of many fps's is uh some kind of um pvp arena pvp maps mm -hmm. that is segregated from the pve part of the game even if there's pvp in the regular part of the game that's like a thing and it, to the degree that um frontier is trying to cater to you know, how many millions of the new uh, uh, purchasers of the game are coming in because of FPS. Um, this could be a part of their strategy is like people are going to expect to see this and it's not being driven by a desire to fix shipborne CQC. It's that it just happens that competitive FPS within a, within a sandbox apart from the sandbox is something that people who play FPS games are going to expect to see. We have to see. We, we need more details, uh, but I think that we're, we're, we're going to see it play out that way. Uh, also on the stream, uh, the, at the end of the stream, 
Stephen Benedetti came up to say that he is leaving Elite to work on an unnamed project uh, at Frontier, another project that is not Elite Dangerous. Uh, I sort of saw this coming a good while back uh, when they when they brought Zach on, and uh, you know he's going on to a new project. Shh, it's Formula One game, but don't tell anybody. It's a secret. We're not supposed to know. Uh, so as he goes on to do his Formula One game, uh, you know they have a still a full stack. They're not they're not deficient in um, community managers. They're at full full speed. Uh, already, and I, I think that he's sort of already been working on that for a little bit in the side, and you know, whatever, Mazel tov. God, God bless, whatever. Uh, and a, a last point, I want to point out to uh, Commander Chig of Loose Screws, who uh, on last night's show said, you know, uh, I just want the one thing I want out of Odyssey is is 120 storage module storage is not enough. I want more. Uh, I hate to break it to you, brother, but uh, they've already stated that there are no plans to expand the 120 module storage at this time with Odyssey. So maybe down the road, maybe whatever, but not on Odyssey launch. If you want a breakdown of the Reddit uh, breakdown of of the stream, it will be in the show notes. It's a a pretty good breakdown, so go check it out. Um, All right, which that takes us to the Galnet News. Roy, why don't you go ahead and take that over? All right. So on March 8th, we heard about uh, Archon Delane uh, basically demanding, uh, I think he's working his way towards parity with the other superpowers or trying to, um, and uh, had had a pretty good quote, I thought. It's, there's some interesting writing in, in some of these that came out this week. He said, uh, are you all so innocent then? Every civilization begins with barbarism and maintains authority with the threat of violence. None of you can say otherwise. We all wear a crown of bones. I thought, like, hey, someone put some thought into that. That was cool. Yeah, um, May, uh, March 9th, Thargoid conflict discussed at the Galactic Summit. Um, I, I'm hoping this goes somewhere. We'll see. But they, there was a bit of a comment about maybe some more research into the Guardian tech. Uh, maybe that's a, trying to plant some seeds that we're going to see some more, I don't know, ships, modules, something, SRVs, who knows, derivatives of Guardian Tech. That'd be cool. Uh, that'd March be cool. 10th um, was the, the lore side, continuing the lore side of uh, continuing the story of the Atomaster, Galactic Mysteries of the Atomaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the people that were like the PIs investigating this thing. Uh, so the, the Hesperus is its uh, sister ship and it went somewhere. So curious to see where that goes. Um, hopefully there's some depth uh, to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Two stories on the 11th. Uh, the first one was, of course, the Galactic Summit being canceled because everybody's home base was on fire. Um, again, a, a kind of a, a interesting haunting quote from uh, the, the, the per- I guess, the perpetrator of, the, of this from that organization. I, lo- I no longer have a name, nor a family, nor a future, each taken by the Empire. Now all I have is the dehumanizing number printed on my uniform in their torture chambers. Now all I am is Theta-7. Again, thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the, the second story uh, that day uh, basically talked about the specifics of which starports were hit, so the main uh, capitals and then six other uh, stations on top of that. Uh, March 12th, um, I guess this is, I don't know if this is the end of this, but I guess the start of the fallout from, you know, we all thought maybe something drastic was going to happen at the conference. Uh, now we see that uh, the the VP from the Federation, uh, Brad Mitchell, uh, was killed. 
uh, along with uh, the thousands of other people uh, and many cabinet ministers, um, cabinet ministers or positions, whatever they called it. And everyone's accusing uh, the Federation's accusing the Empire of being responsible and saying, you know, this is nothing <laughs> less than a declaration of war. I don't know. We'll see if that has some teeth or not. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the Federal V. Uh, a dead vice president is about as useless to the story uh, as tits on a bull. There's absolutely no fucking point to killing the vice president unless something happens to the president. Maybe he gets kidnapped, maybe he gets murdered, maybe he gets arrested, maybe he commits suicide, maybe he's forced to resign due to some scandal. I don't know what, how, or why, but I'll tell you this, either Frontier are the worst fucking storytellers since the dawn of time, or something is going to happen to Hudson. Because otherwise, there is zero point. When uh, Halsey's vice president ended up face down in a pool, that was not really affecting the galaxy in any way. Nobody gives a fuck. But then when Halsey gets missing and is presumed dead, that, okay, okay now the fact that she didn't have a vice president is huge because it opens up all of these other aspects of, of stuff. It's, it's very, very, very cool. Now, with regard to the whole, I, I've seen people question like, Man, why are they uh, hitting Laif? Like, they're hitting all these capital systems. Why Laif? Laif is the capital of Galcott. Yes, it's not active anymore. It's it's olden days, but Laif is sort of one of the top, I would say, of all the systems in the galaxy, in the bubble. Laif is in the top 10. Laif is, has got importance and prominence because of the historical value. It was, you know, where you started the game back in the, the, the old frontier. It's, it, it's important. It was the capital. So, like, that's why. But, um, yeah, man, going through these 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 stories here, uh, the declaration of Archon Delane. Archon Delane is a thug criminal who exerts his dominance on the peoples that he presides over through use of force. Sounds like a legitimate government to me. Sounds like every other government I've ever fucking heard of. Uh, Thargoid conflict discussed at the Galactic Summit. This was exciting, except for the summit ended before anything happened. Galactic Mysteries, the Adam Astor. Let's just hop down real quick to the next uh, thing that's in the notes and, and let's just hit it and then come back because it, it fits in right here. Um, with regard to the Adam Astor thing, basically Frontier tweeted a picture with Morse code for the word Hesperus. Uh, and then a day later, they dropped more Morse code in the audio of the uh, stream they did that, that had azimuth. Uh, and then they dropped the Galnet article that you just mentioned that seemed to indicate that the next phase of the continuing Adamaster puzzle uh, storyline is either already has begun with what they dropped and it's like, okay, we gave you clues. Go out there and find the Hesperus now. The sister ship of the Adamaster, which was owned by uh, Azimuth Biochemical. Like, go find it now. Or... I think just as likely is like lead up, lead up, lead up. Remember how they did those before with those uh, 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 binary code or whatever? It's like lead up, lead up, lead up. And then like a week later is like, oh, now we've dropped the actual thing. It's in the galaxy. Go find it. So either Adamaster step two is live now and, and you know, wait for somebody this weekend to be like, I found it. It's here. Or it's probably coming like next week, you know, something soonish uh, and, and, Hey man, that I'll, 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 I'm not. I'm gonna reserve judgment on if that's good or bad until we see it. Like how, what's the puzzle like? If it, you know uh, what happens, like, but like, okay. At the very least, you have to give Frontier credit. Like, this is cool. Possibly, this is 
This has the potential to be cool. I think I've heard some people in the community state like, oh, another ghost ship, okay. But like, yes, if it's another ghost ship and that all that's all there is to it, it's getting a little fucking boring. But if it's another ghost ship and that leads to a cool mystery, which leads to a thing, there's a site, there's a something, the story progresses, something cool happens, awesome. Like, so I think it's, it's too soon to say whether this is like, meh, lame, or like, ooh, awesome, but potentially awesome, Asterisk and, and let's see. Um, so then was Galactic Summit canceled NMLA attack superpowers and the starports hit and uh, the bombing kills the Veep. You've heard what I said about the Veep. He's fucking pointless unless something happens to Hudson. Now I'm watching to see. Hopefully there'll be a cool story, a cool thing, something. I don't know. He gets killed. He gets kidnapped. He maybe he gets kidnapped and he's gone for a while and it's like the thing with uh back in the day with palin where it's like he's gone and presumed dead and then a month later he shows back up and he's like i'm fine guys okay whatever like something do something interesting fingers crossed um then then the, the last thing that i want to say is with regard to this whole summit thing if there's more to this than than we've seen already if you know come monday it's like on their way home from the summit, whatever, you know, Ashling Duvall was attacked and kidnapped or fucking Felicia Winters was killed or Dented Petraeus was like, if something happens, okay, cool. This is interesting and this is whatever. If nothing happens, if it was, we're setting up this big cool thing, we're gonna set up the red wedding, we're teasing it hardcore, everybody in the galaxy is in one room, but we don't have the balls to pull the trigger and make anything actually interesting happen. There was bombings, stations are on fire, you've seen it before, you'll see it again. Everybody goes home and they made it home safely. If that's the story, yikes. Why, why? You told us Galnet was gonna be like relevant to the universe, please do that. Um, yeah, guys, your thoughts on all of this stuff. Go ahead, uh, Roy, you got something in there? Yeah, so I've, you know, I, I think we've talked a bit about this in the past, and I've got this theory that with the new people, the new accounts, um, uh, who are just starting the game, or maybe have only been in it a few months, uh, this story of the summit uh, culminating with, you know, the capital of every group on fire could seem impressive. Um, you know, maybe it's less impressive for players who've been around a long time because how many times have we seen burning stations? That doesn't feel that new. Um, mm. The CGs leading up to this uh, did have a number, and we pointed these out at the time, a number of creative things they were trying, whether it was mm -hmm. the structure of how you got the rewards or what the rewards were. Um, so I, I, I do sort of see... A, my question is, who is the audience? And if, yeah. if, is, is, if the audience is... People who've played since launch or more than two years and have played out every game loop and are waiting for Odyssey to just have something new, that's a different that's a different level of uh, relevancy than someone who's just still kind of overwhelmed with everything in the game. And then, oh my goodness, this UN thing, you know, this UN summit thing just turned into a wow. This could be war. Like you could you could read some of these stories as far more exciting than maybe they may turn out to be. Who knows? So. Just to, just to point out that I, I, I want to keep that in mind that there has been a seismic shift in the, the demographics in terms of tenure of play mm. within, the, within the, the game community as a whole. Let me ask you, Roy, if the end of this entire storyline is a Federation vice president that you never heard of before died, 
I wouldn't be super impressed. But if I again, if I was a new player and now I got to grind rank on Federation and Empire, and like yeah. to be fair, the first time I played the Burning Stations mission, I think that's one of the best game loops in the game. Uh, it's super exciting. The graphics are amazing. I still have fun with those missions. So it, that's what I mean. Like if that was the if that was sort of the prize at the end of the story, and I don't even play in for three months or four months, I might mm -hmm. be I might be fine. I, I wouldn't be analyzing it maybe as deeply. Good point. Tweak, let me ask you first your opinion, the same question that I just asked Roy, and then I know you had a point that you wanted to make, so... Yeah, I would say that definitely wouldn't be enough for me, and that goes into what the point I was going to make. I agree, there has been a seismic shift, and they may be doing this for all the new players uh, that, from the Epic Game Store and all the new players from Game Pass on Xbox and so on and such forth, but I contend they can do it for both. All they got to do is make some of these stories have some some meaning, make do something, make it have an, a lasting effect on our galaxy that will go, ooh, I didn't see that happening. I didn't see that coming. And then the new players will go, wow, some cool shit can happen in this game. And we'll go, wow, that was freaking awesome. Instead, we're just running the middle of the road, being as safe as we can be so far. And I'm, I'm hoping that changes. All right. Wolf. Hop in on this. What's your opinion on, on this whole summit, Michigas? I'm throwing in Yiddish words just for funsies now. <sighs> I'm, I'm really hoping the story goes somewhere. Because like you said, they had this whole Red Wedding thing set up. And then if everybody, you know, there's, there's a little kerfuffle. And then everybody leaves and they all go home safe. And they're in their own little iron fortresses looking over everything. Plotting and scheming and whatnot. Okay. Um... You know, they were talking about several different um, treaties and, you know, different different things for, for them to get together to do. Maybe something comes out of that. You know, maybe there's another summit or something that happens. Mm. Uh, th there needs to there needs to be more to to the story, I think. Yeah. And maybe we just haven't seen it. That's the other thing to keep in mind. They haven't made it home yet from the summit. Keep in mind, uh, uh, little fucking blue haired girl, Ashling. A uh, little fucking waifu. Her daddy died because he was in transit on the way to make sure she was okay. So all of these power play people and top fucking interesting people in the galaxy are in transit right now in a galaxy full of alien threat and terrorists. So in fairness to Frontier, maybe cool shit's about to happen. We just haven't seen it yet. So fingers crossed. Let's... You know, this could be like, I could be next week telling you, oh my God, the story is so great. We just don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, Roy. Yeah, one, one thing that uh, actually Tweak's comment made me think of is, I think someone, a uh, uh, group that does the best that I've seen at servicing both new fans and really invested older fans is is Marvel. Think about one division. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything, but uh, there is moments in that show where they they put little things in, and it might just be the name of a character. It might just be a piece of some prop that's off to the side, and and the new people watching it kind of gloss over it, and the people that know something about either the previous movies or even going back into the comics. Mm. go crazy go crazy yeah. over it and it may be something and especially in wandavision there was stuff that again i don't want to mention specifics but they really played with the audience they really played in a, in a masterful way and 
it, all it takes is some some attention to that. It doesn't necessarily create different outcomes, but it totally engages both of those audiences in a fun way. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'll just spoil the hell out of it. At the end of WandaVision, the boat sinks, and even though Rose has plenty of room on that fucking piece of wood, she lets poor Jack die. And then she takes a diamond the size of her fist and chucks it into the ocean as an old lady because fuck her grandkids. They don't need to go to college. Oh, wow. That must have been the pre-Dave Filoni version back in the 70s that they did that you saw. That's a running gag I have no matter what. Whenever anybody is like, oh, I'm super worried about spoiler alerts. I just give them the spoiler ending to uh, fucking, what do you call it? Uh, don't uh, don't say it. Then you will come, have that's connected that it. That's half a case of dragon's milk <laughs> kicking in right now. I can't yeah. remember the name of the movie. The vodka, too. It was, uh, it was the big boat that couldn't sink. Titanic! Titanic! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panda the Gray. Hey, how you doing, little pothead? I see you in the in the in the in the in the chat. Welcome to the show. Do you still think I work for Frontier? All right. Fingers crossed that this story turns out to be cool. At the very least, it sets up, you know, a thing for like if something happens to Hudson, that makes it useful. That makes it cool. Because like the the backup guy is is gone so now you know oh does halsey take power again does winters take power like ooh, what happened like all right cool interesting whatever so fingers crossed um all in all just want to say again i have been very critical of what i feel is not being told the truth by frontier with regard to some odyssey development stuff i really have felt like you guys have been not telling us entirely the truth but galnet cgs holy fuck you guys are killing it so big salute, big thumbs up, whatever. Like legit, that's 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 good shit. Which takes us to the community goals. Um, I'm gonna just do this one because we're gonna skip past it, Roy. So uh, the community goals finished last week. The defense of the Galactic Summit. Yay, we did it, tier six. The feeding the Galactic Summit. Yay, we did it, tier four. Good stuff. Um, if you take just the two weeks, week one was like 700 million and change and week two, it's like 590 million, so 600 million and change. Just those two weeks to, together combined, because week one was like 58% of the whatever, and week two is 46% of the whatever. In two weeks, we would have had done enough combat CGs to secure that 1.3 trillion. That huge salute to you guys, man. That is fucking awesome. Good stuff. People, Go get your paint jobs with little star jobbies on it. This week, it's the Cobra. Last week, it was the Viper. Whatever. But hey, salute to Frontier. Those are good fucking paint jobs. They look cool. I, I dig it. I, I enjoy it. Keep doing that. That's smart. That's good. That's that's value for money. And it got, it got cheeks and seats, man. It put asses in the game, grinded it out. Good for you. That's smart. Uh, tweets and disclosures. We already did the first part, which is the Morse code thing. Uh, second thing is is super interesting. Uh, and this is a thing that, other than the Burrs, I really haven't seen a lot of people address this. The Burrs hit it on Witch Space News, but the Burrs hit everything. Fucking Burr and Rini are legitimately phenomenal content creators. If you're not following Burr and Rini, you are doing it wrong. Witch Space News had this. I already had it in our notes. We were going to cover it, uh, but I just want to give them credit because like us and them, I think are the only ones that called it out. Uh, Librum, our Frontier's official stockbroker. It's a company, Librum, L-I-B-E-R-U-M. They're a British company. They're the stockbroker and they published the report of the company's performance. Their latest report was just issued. 
with these interesting tidbits pertaining to Elite Dangerous. Number one, there is an estimated 500,000, half a million distinct active accounts with monthly activity. What does that mean? That means in the last month, there are half a million accounts that have signed in at least one. Now that doesn't mean there's half a million players. It could be one player with four accounts, but they've logged into all of those four accounts in the last 30 days. There's no way that Frontier can know, you know, how many people have multiple accounts or this, that, and the other, but what they can show is this many distinct accounts have like logged on. That's a good number, man. For all of the shit that people, cause there are people out there, there are the Yamexes and the fucking, and the pilot lately, he's been a little better than before. He was super negative for a bit, but he's been a little better. But there are the Yamexes out there that will be like, this game is dead, maintenance mode, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fuck off, dude. You can see from the numbers that they're doing really well. Now, here's a point to take in. That 500,000 does not even include any of the 8 million Epic accounts that just sort of started up as of, what, within the last month or whatever when they had that Epic free thing. Now, Librem view the prospective player base in four categories. Active accounts, inactive slash lapsed accounts, Epic accounts, and new accounts. Now, new means like just somebody brand new that they expect to sign up in the next, you know, whatever. Like somebody tomorrow that signs up, that's a new account. They don't include the Epic and the active. So that 500,000 could be a million for all we know. It could be much greater because they're not including the Epic accounts. Um, they estimate, Librem estimates that there will be a million copies of Odyssey sold within the first year on PC and console combined. Those 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 two, which is okay, cool. That's that's good. That's decent money. Alongside the headline features of exploration, planet tech, social hubs and FPS, they were also touting, and this is a quote, the return of much beloved aspects of the game. Now, a lot of people have made a lot of speculations and people get themselves all twisted up. Oh my God, this is huge. This is whatever. Uh, I think what you're seeing there when they say the return of much beloved aspects is, I think we're gonna see a return of the Thargoids with new something happening there. I don't think we're gonna get that right on Odyssey launch. I think they're smart and I think they are. They'll do it the way they've done it before with, you know, if you look at the way that the 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 the, the Guardians and the Thargoids came in on the previous uh, Elite Dangerous, it was like a while after the release, it just randomly happened at a point and the story sort of progresses. I think they'll do the same with the Thargoids. But what have we already seen return? Well, what we've already seen returned is Galnet and CGs. And I think they're doing well with both. I think those are much beloved things that have returned. Now, you could say, oh, I'm missing the point entirely and there's new something else returning after Odyssey drops. Maybe, I don't know. But keep in mind, these guys are the stockbrokers that work for Frontier. And I think they're sort of mm, touting things. They're trying to up as much as they can to like, like, a, like a real estate agent. Isn't this, the light in here is amazing. And look at this floor plan, it's so great. They're selling and, and that's their job, it's fair. Be, but just, I think, understand that for what it is. In addition, they said there was also some commentary about making it easier to fly. Uh, let me just say this. If they're going to add in some like dumbing down of the flight mechanics of Elite Dangerous, please, please, please make it an optional thing for the new players if you have to do it. But do not fuck with the 
amazing flight model that exists right now in Elite. If they shit on the flight model, and I don't think that they will, they will alienate their entire player base, love the phenomenal flight model that is in Elite Dangerous now. The flight model in Star Citizen is better than what we've seen in Elite thus far with regard to atmospheric flight only. Despite the fact that uh, Star Citizen has all that extra money and is the bigger project or whatever, I tell you right now, I've played them both. I love them both. I say without reservation, the flight model in Elite Dangerous beats the shit out of the flight model in Star Citizen in space. It's phenomenal. It deserves love and respect. Don't fuck with it. If you need to do some little stuff, you do your little stuff on the side. But I don't think there's any reason to fear that they're going to fuck up the phenomenal, you know, beautiful golden egg goose that laid the golden egg that they have right now. Uh, we got Roy, then tweet. Go for it, Roy. Any claims you're going to see from a stockbroker stock about a public, publicly held company, especially one that they're linked to, so they mm -hmm. have some liability if they say wrong things. Uh, I think that aside from the very specific things they've said, where they've said, you know, touting the return of this or making flight easier, those are going to be very thin statements, meaning mm -hmm. there may have been, what, so exploration with the planet tech, one, two, three, four, there was probably five things. And they said, no, we're going to say four things, and then the fifth one we're going to call it we're going to be more vague about it because then it can sound bigger than it is, but it's still legally correct. I think the return of much beloved aspects of the game could be something as simple as, you know, in the last version of Elite, you could land on a planet, uh, the, land on any kind of planet. And this could be now we're expanding the number of planets you can land on. It could be something as thin as that. I think the uh, the comment about the the, the making the, the flight easier, I agree with... Uh, what Burr said about it's probably the docking computer on on landing on the planet. I I wouldn't get too worried about it being a complete revamp of anything, um, given given how conservatively um, stockbrokers are likely to talk about something where they could get in serious trouble if they you know if they overpromise them. Fair fair point. Tweet. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I I totally agree with you, Kai, and I would hope to god that fdev realizes that the flight model that, that they have is what really attracts most of us to this game day in and day out and to change that would be criminal that being said with what they showed on that gameplay video and the, the, the interview afterwards and burr had it on his video where you can now instead of flying around trying to find a level spot to land your ship you can push a button and it'll do it for you that's easier mm -hmm. that's easier and i can deal with that so if that's all it is then that's fine but i don't want them to make my flying any easier than it already is in fairness and i i love burr i love burr i love I love the burp hit. I love their content. I think they got it wrong on this one. I think that it's not that you can just auto land on any planet. We have to, re we, we, it remains to be seen. We'll have to see. But I, I, I think that they were taking that off of the wrong assumption that what they saw in that gameplay video was him, Art, landing in the dirt. Art was landing in the dirt, correct? but at a officially designated landing pad, as as Arson so properly pointed out last week. At the end of the video, you saw him landing at the escape route. That wasn't a pad, and he did something funky there with a auto-landing kind of thing. Mm, 
We'll see. I, think I don't you, buy it yet. I think, I, we'll see. I think you're both. I think you're both wrong, and you're both right. So Go. he mentioned in the video. <laughs> he mentioned in the video that the landing he did in the dirt at the end was he kind of was bragging like that was under his control. But in the in the stream afterwards, uh, Gareth, mm-hmm. what I took from what Gareth said was that you can land in the dirt with the auto dock. That it doesn't have to be a pad. Uh, that's what I took from that. So I think. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. March 29th, we'll know for sure. But for now, we'll see. All right. Uh, that takes us to, uh, there was commentary about, okay. Uh, the last thing I want to point out about that is everything that I just talked about, there was a phenomenal breakdown on Reddit of the Librem report. And I also am posting a link to the raw report of Librem. I'm going to warn you, it's behind a paywall. So you can go for free and read the Reddit, Reddit breakdown that they did of, you know, here's the highlights of the story the thing, you know, that Stuart GT and, and and his boys over at the Reddit did. Or if you want to pony up the dollars or already have access for whatever reason to British stockholder report stuffs, there's the raw link. You can go and, and, and read the thing and, and see for yourself on, you know, on the whole thing. So that's that. And that takes us to real life science. And let me play the thing for that because this is going to be a good one tonight. Real life science. Real life science. All right. So I've got a couple things I want to shout out. The first thing, it's real life science and space TV because we're incorporating that. We've been doing, you know, talking about the expanse or talking about a way, talking about whatever. In real life science, we talk about real life science and then cool shit on TV that you might want to check out. Right off the bat, we've got a Scott Manley video, Asteroid Eating Fungus and NASA's Other New Ideas for Space Exploration. This is a 21-minute video. Now, I know sometimes people see a 21-minute video and say, fuck that, I'm out. You got to click on this. Trust me. Scott Manley, first off, is amazing. He's wonderful. Uh, And this video is especially cool. The NAIC, which is the NASA Advanced Innovative Concepts Program, they publish their next round of phase one studies. They do this from time to time. It's rare and it's awesome and it's amazing and you should look at it because it's cool as shit. These range from very practical, ready-to-build proposals to crazy advanced speculative science that is seeking phase one research authorization. I'm talking about shit like one centimeter size submarines that are set to, they're going to try to drop like, this guy's got a proposal where it's like, and and this is not like, oh, it's Fred from down the street. This is like a legit, like, oh, I'm a PhD, blah, blah, blah. And I work with JPL and I blah. These are like legit people. They have this plan of like dropping thousands of one centimeter, like dropping a probe that then disperses thousands of centimeter long submarines that explore the ocean under Europa's you know ice there's there's one it's in the whole moon of Europa is just one big water world that's underneath a shell of ice space elevator oh Isaac Asimov I love you yeah solar sails uh stuff like the new world star shade now this is basically talking about launching a two-piece thing the one piece is a phenomenal special telescope and the other piece is this blocker this shade you know how like if you're driving down the street and the sun is shining right in your face you like 
put your hand up or you put that little visor down to like, I'm going to block out the sun so that I can see what I'm trying the road. They're talking about doing that with a two piece special satellite program. That's going to like, uh, okay. They're going to fly in this ridiculously tight formation with like, you know, down to the meter control, like between the two of them formation so that the shade will act like your hand, like holding back or like blocking the sun, blocking a star, not our sun, but a star so that you can get a clear picture of the planet that you're trying to aim at far, far away. That shit is amazing. There's the RAM, which is the Regolith Adaptive Modification System, which is creating a new system to anchor shit in the dirt on other worlds so that you can lock down a landing pad for future manned flights. So like, okay, we shoot up this unmanned flight. It goes where it's supposed to go. And this, the whole process of this is it drops a payload that is this like landing pad. And the landing pad sort of drops on the dirt on an asteroid or a planet far away. And then it's talking about, we want to study the best way on other asteroids slash planets to whether it's some sort of a drill or a laser or a, some kind of a glue, some kind of a something that'll drop like pitons into a, a, a planet, into the dirt of a, or a rock or ice or whatever of planet slash asteroid slash moon slash whatever, anywhere in the solar system. And it locks it in place so that we can use it to secure, to anchor a perfectly flat landing pad that we can then send in the future, either sensitive equipment or God willing, human beings so that, that we can increase the chance that these guys that have the balls to hop in a tin can underneath a fucking rocket and launch themselves across the solar system can land safely and like, oh, like go. Yeah. Yeah. Like live, survive. That's there's no amount of money that is like too much to spend for getting those guys safely there and back again. Um, I've got still got more to go on this subject, but I'm going to jump in. Roy, go ahead. Landing in the dirt. Go for it. Oh, I was just saying, like that. That's actually, uh, if you watched the recent um, landing on uh, on Mars mm -hmm. with this, the famous footage now from the Sky Crane, um, one of the comments, I think it might have even been in the video, or one of the commentators was like, "It's you. You see how much dirt is blown out and up around that rover as it's. You can't even see it." when it's almost coming down and now you've you know the thing flies away now you've got a rover with all these sensitive equipment and solar panels literally covered in dirt and that's mm -hmm. what this could fix it's it's kind of a big deal yep uh there's a proposal for this using like different groups of fungus where you just launch it like a bullet at an asteroid somewhere and then the fungus like over a year or two or 10 or 20 or 100 i don't know but like over a period of time, that fungus transforms the asteroid into usable farmland so that you, in the later when you send people or whatever, you've got, oh, we're growing shit here, food and, you know, fuel and something that makes air up raw materials that you could use to support the humans that are going there and or get them back. Uh, the ablative arc mining. There is ablative arc mining for in-situ resource utilization. Basically, they're shooting rocks with fucking lightning bolts of ablative energy to mine. So here's the thing. When you mine 
Like if we send people to the moon and say, oh, go mine this stuff. Basically the process is you hit it with hammers and fucking drills and whatever, and you break off chunks. But then everybody who's ever mined an Elite Dangerous knows you need, uh, what's that called? The thing that you have on your ship? No, the thing that you have on the ship that you, you convert the, the, you need a processor, uh, refinery. Thank you. I'm way drunk. You need a refinery to process the raw materials and turn them into whatever. Well, if you use this process instead, this ablative arc mining, it takes a lot more energy. So you're going to need solar collectors and whatever. You're going to need some way to get over the energy or nuclear. You're going to need some way to get over the energy hurdle. But once you do that, the idea is you take these two anodes and you shoot between them back and forth these like lightning bolts of energy and you like sublimate the rock. You literally like melt it into a gas and then you take that gas and you suck it up through like a vacuum into a something spectrometer and then it you use the atomic weight of the materials and you divide them into different like little pockets and you say, ooh, we need lead and iron and fucking cadmium, or we need uranium and this and that. And you separate the stuff into different pockets based on their atomic weight with a spectrometer or whatever. And then you ditch the inert materials. Oh my God, I wish I could do that in Star Citizen. You ditch the inert materials and you just keep the stuff that you want. So it's a way to like get around the in reality need to have a refinery. Because the way refineries work on Earth is you take chemicals and you push them through the raw product and you break down the pieces that you want. That's, you're able to do that, you know, in Texas on earth. It's hard to do that in space. It requires a lot of chemicals and stuff to be in a closed loop and you lose a lot of energy and I mean, whatever. But basically this is some smart shit. There's the uh, exploring Uranus through scatter. Scatter is sustained CubeSat activity through transmitted electromagnetic radiation. So basically what they're saying is, we send one probe to Uranus. Go ahead and get your laughs and giggles out now, you fucking 12 year olds. But Uranus is a, a, an ice giant that, that, that or uh, icy gas giant, whatever, that's way out there. It's so far out that it's hard because the way we do some of the stuff in system, like the way we do stuff in Mars is, you send a probe and it drops like five other probes and they all have solar collectors to get their power. It, that doesn't work in Uranus. It's too far away from the sun. You're gonna collect absolute shit on energy coming back. So the idea is you create like maybe like a nuclear powered or something probe, a big the, the big daddy probe that goes to Uranus. And then it launches five or six sub probes and it uses like, I don't know, lasers or something to shoot energy from the one to the other. So they don't all have to have solar collectors because it's too far out from the sun to work. They don't all have to have nuclear batteries because that takes too much mass. You have one powered thing that shoots energy out to sub probes and that through that you can scan and get information from a, like a connected local network all the way out to the outer reaches of the galaxy at Uranus. There's a kilometer scale space structure from a single launch. Basically, this guy, this genius fucking dude from JPL or whatever, came up with this process where you like, it's almost like origami. You launch a thing that's heavy and dense on a, on a, like a, a Saturn V rocket or, or one of like the, 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 the Falcon 9 heavies or Falcon 10 heavy, once they get that working, that like 
expands out origami style. It like unfolds after it's deployed and becomes a much larger thing. Um, there's like the pedals program, which is pedal stands for passively expanding dipole array for lunar sounding. Basically, imagine you drop a payload on the moon that's like the size of like a car and it lands and then it and then after it lands it deploys these four antennas out in in the polar direction so north south east and west that are basically like imagine like it's a fruit roll-up and it just sort of slowly expands this these in four antennas 200 meters out in four different directions and they unroll to create a massive sounding instrument that takes measurements of the subsurface of the moon like they're they're scanning underneath the moon to see like oh here's the stuff that we want whatever cool shit the link is in the show notes if you don't know scott manley if you don't know um you know like the the cool shit that's coming out through this naics the uh nasa uh what's it called again the the nasa advanced innovative concepts program naics this is shit that is taking science fiction this is phase one research and turning it into awesome shit that's going to change and shape the future this is fucking amazing so go check out it's 21 minutes long but god damn it it's going to be the best 21 minutes of your week Go check that out. Um, in addition, Bloomberg put out a quick take on Oumuamua, uh, how Oumuamua changed the way we watch space. If you are like, oh, I've heard of Oumuamua, it's a thing. I don't know what it is, whatever. Well, fucking pay attention, son. This is a this is the first thing that we've actually been able to catalog, recognize, and track from beginning to end that is a visitor from outside of our solar system. This is something that came from far away and uh the guy that is the head of astronomical studies for harvard i forget it avi Loeb, i think um he has put out a paper saying and and this is not a crackpot this is not fucking alex jones this is a legitimate well-respected top of the field scientist this is like one of the top 20 guys in the world that you would ask like hey man what's your opinion on this he wrote a book that is basically like a sort of doctoral thesis level shit that is like, hey, I think Oumuamua is actually proof of alien intelligent life. I think Oumuamua is a leftover rocket or probe or something that came to us from outside of the galaxy and he get or a uh, solar system. And he gives really good reasons for why you'll have to go and look into it. But basically it's too thin. It doesn't outgas right. It's not sort of, it doesn't, fit what an asteroid or a comet should be it it breaks the rules and he's like i think this is could be sort of a a leftover you know like a rocket booster phase from an old spacecraft from some other intelligent life that just happens to be shooting through our specific solar system on its way to wherever the fuck it's like like he legitimately gives a very good idea that he thinks it's space trash that came from elsewhere and this again this is not a kook this is the head of the harvard like this guy like legitimately has issued of uh, i've read out three or four papers in the last year year that this guy was in charge of he is a big wig at nasa at jpl at all of these like this is a respected guy who's saying yeah I, I think this is proof of alien life like for realsies so check that out that's the bloomberg quick take how a changed the way we watch the galaxy um 
Holy shit. All right, I'm going to jump across. I just saw that we've got uh, 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 Wolf Dragon had some stuff. So hop in on this. I think I, I passed your thing, but still hop in on it. I want your commentary. Um, I was just uh, thinking about when the uh, using fungus to turn asteroids into farmland, that reminded me of the bioreducing lichen commodity that we have in Elite Dangerous, which is, oh, that's an interesting little throw there. Uh, the yeah. other thing on there that, I, that, that really piqued my... Uh, interest and shot me off onto google and wikipedia real quick was the uh exploring uranus through scatter using uh transmitted electromagnetic radiation for power that reminded me of the Wardenclyffe tower also known as the tesla tower in Ooh. long island yeah i don't know if anybody um broadcast energy i remember it was it was the it was the idea of using using the high power rf coming off of it which you know if you have a if you have a small like desktop tesla coil and you have any fluorescent tube light like a one of those sticks or one of the curly q pigtail lamps that you could get for a while they would just light up spontaneously because the energy going through the air was enough to excite the gas inside of the tube and then that would fire off the the phosphors and then it would glow um so that that i thought was really cool and um i haven't looked at it uh, recently, but there have been plans to turn that site into a museum honoring Tesla and all of his wacky brilliance and everything he did. Like uh, the stuff, the stuff we have for alternating current motors and and, mm -hmm. and things like the modern day, all the conveniences we have with being able to move things using electricity to create mechanical power, we wouldn't have them now you know unless somebody else had had come across the same idea that tesla did so i thought that was super interesting that you know it's been quite a bit of time and somebody's looking into well maybe we could use that for this yeah because uh edison and his boys were all backing direct current and that shit was dog shit just for those who don't know, who are like, who is this Wolf Dragon guy and what is he talking about? Whatever. Uh, just as a heads up, Wolf Dragon is a legitimate engineer that worked for NASA. He now works for the United States government. I'm not going to say what or where, but he works directly for the government on a different project. But he was a engineer for NASA at, at, at a point. So just, just as a heads up. Um, all right. So, yeah. Good stuff. The link is in the show notes. Check it out. Next up, we've got For All Mankind. I binged this week uh, the show on Apple TV, For All Mankind Season 1. <clears throat> and I just want to give a huge shout out. If you are like me, if you're a space nut, you love all things space, you need to check out this show. You can go, I, I don't get any kickback for Apple TV. I don't work for Apple TV. I don't whatever. But like, I just signed up for the 14-day free trial, and then you can watch the whole show in, you know, a week. You can binge it and then just cancel for free. Uh, <clears throat> season one is out and complete. Season two is completely done, but they're releasing it like every week. Uh, so, you know, that sucks. But like, I'm on like episode four, and then I got to the point where they're like, ah, the next episode will be available next week. And I'm like, oh, uh, but here's the premise of the show. Let me, number one, say, those of you that love The Expanse, you know the showrunner for The Expanse is Narang Shankar, and he is 
one of the executive producers and one of the writers for uh, for All Mankind. The premise of the show, and I'm not spoiling anything other than what they tell you in the in the in the in the trailer, and the trailer is in the show notes. Go check out this fucking trailer. Premise of the show is: in reality, we got to the moon first, and the Russians were poor, so they were like, "Ah, fuck it, we quit," and they gave up. And when they gave up, we gave up because there was no political reason to keep going to the moon. The premise of the show is the Russians got to the moon first. And because they got to the moon first, we were like, ah, we're not quitting. We need to, you know, the race for the base. Let's set up a base on the moon. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do whatever. So the, the, the entire premise of the show is what if the Russians beat us to the moon? So instead of landing on the moon, going there a couple of times and then saying, eh, fuck it, we quit because we were bored and we, we've already sort of, we had whipped out our big dick and won the contest. What if we started at a huge disadvantage? And because of that, the Russians kept investing. And because of that, we kept investing. So in the 60s, they had gone with having a base on the moon, permanently manned. And by the 70s, it expanded out multiple levels to being like now a large base with dozens of people on the moon, permanently manned. And the Russians had the same. And we had women in the space program on the moon because the Russians did it as a PR stunt. So Nixon was like, well, I gotta do it. And it's just extrapolating. What if the space race had never stopped? What if it had gone ham as fuck the whole ways and then by the, you know, 70s to 80s, we're like, hey, man, we're, we're at the process. We're at the place of aiming for Mars. And like all, it's this basically cool, weird, funky alternate history. And they had stuff like the Sea Dragon Project, which was a real thing. It was a rocket that was like five times bigger than the biggest rocket we have now. And it was so huge that you couldn't launch it from a landing pad. It would break. It would crack any landing pad you ever had. So you would tow it out into the ocean and like a buoy with these big ships and then set it and it would aim itself right and it would literally be underwater and then you would launch it and it would from underneath the ocean you know shoot up straight and then head off and it was it's a real project that nasa had and they were like eh funding got cut we beat the russians they stopped so we stopped so who cares but like that was a real thing that could have happened and should have happened. And you're at a place where in the 80s, they have their sights set on Mars like within five to six years or whatever, where I'm at in the show now. And it's like, oh my God, it's it's just it's just amazing. I, I, I love it. So it's called For All Mankind. It's on Apple TV. Buy it, steal it, do whatever you do. I don't give a fuck. That's I don't work for them. But like, go check out that show. It's good. All right. And that takes us to Roy stories. Let's get this shit started. We now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 3, Phony War. Docking Bay, Harvestport, Kappa Fornassus. I stood with Cal in front of the William F. McCoy, all her markings gone, the ship now matte black from nose to tail. With us was Captain Frank Smith, an Imperial Ground Army regular. He wasn't as I had imagined. I'd always thought the Imperial Army officers would be grizzled veterans who did a lot of shouting. But by contrast, Captain Smith was a young athletic man, with skin and hair nearly as black as space itself, 
and he spoke quietly, precisely, and overall with a calm confidence that was at odds with the stereotype of the military commander. Arrayed in front of us were 120 soldiers, young men and women, armed to the teeth, dressed in drab, dark gray reactive armor. Smith had made them neatly line up on parade. It looks like we're trying to invade a planet, I said quietly to Cal as they had filed in. Smith had overheard. That's because we're invading a planet, he explained with a wry smile. Apart from the change to our paintwork, our cargo racks had all gone and been replaced with troop transport modules. I wondered why they didn't just use a regular military transport, why they had to use ours. Sure, I could smuggle. Smuggling an aquarium past a Federation customs team who were actually looking for Onion Head was one thing. Smuggling 120 horribly beweaponed soldiers was something quite different. Smith walked down the line of his troops, inspecting them carefully before dismissing them. They filed away, boarding the ship via the cargo hatch loading ramp, which I thought was a novel way to board a clipper. The ramp now led to the troop transport modules rather than the racking machine. I shrugged, and the three of us followed the troops in. I closed the ramp up behind me. Take me to your briefing room, and I'll explain our mission, Smith told me as we closed up. Briefing room? I didn't have one as such. Perhaps the living quarters' main rec room would do the job. Would you like a coffee? I asked as we entered. We have Reed Quash and Ultra. I think we've got some sort of espresso and we might have some Capital Blend left, I asked, trying to be the welcoming host. You seriously have Requat Ultra? Smith asked, slightly incredulously. That stuff is revolting, he added, pulling a face familiar to anyone trying the stuff for the first time. I think it tastes like chewed pencils and lubricating oil myself, sir, I said, agreeing. But it does help the concentration. Smith nodded. I think the Capital Blend is more my type of thing. Black, no sugar. Cal? Uh, make that two. I put the coffee machine on. Meanwhile, Smith pulled out his data pad and interfaced it with our hollow suite. Okay, we sort of have two missions here. He began as I poured the coffee. Both in LP 771-72. As you may have already expected, the first is probably the trickiest. We need to disable Kui installation on the first planet. I was pretty familiar with the area, having spent enough time at Levchenko installation in orbit around that planet running EIC missions. We need to arrive at Kui unobserved. We have four Special Forces personnel on board who will take the vehicle, break into the installation, and block any communications from the aristocrats. This is vital to ensure that the second part of the mission succeeds. We need to be unobserved because we don't want LP-771-72 systems to know that it's us who have done it. They are the telecoms provider for the system, and your company needs to stay on good terms with them. They own Kui. I looked at the map of the planet. I think I know how we do this, I began. It's quite a large planet, so we'll need to approach from here, from the north, I said, indicating an area where we'd be able to drop down below the horizon. There's a system of shallow valleys that lead towards Kui, which is in a slight depression. I rotated the map around. This valley has a ridge that pokes out into it, and we can get within about four kilometers of Kui hidden by the landscape. The planet's tidally locked, and Koi's always on the dark side, so unless they're actively looking for us, you can probably get your vehicle from there on in unobserved. We drop your guys, then we turn around and head out the way we came in. What's the supercrew situation like in LP-77172? It's pretty safe. 
The aristocrats have been trying to stop and scan the traffic they suspect, but most of the ships are committed to various war zones around the system. Imperial recon missions have shown they are down to just three ships patrolling supercruise, which are being constantly harassed by East India Company vessels. So the second part? That's the easy bit. With any net traffic to or from aristocrats being blocked, you just need to land at Chutes Enterprise on the other side of the same planet and let everyone else off. Chutes is now the aristocrats' largest base in the system. If they refuse docking permission? They won't, because they think you're delivering hand weapons to them. I have to ask, why choose us to do the troop transport? Surely the Empire has troop transport ships coming out its ears. Your face and your ship fits the mission they think you're doing for them. You don't look Imperial. You don't speak like the Imperials speak. And you don't act like us either. Furthermore, you've been in and out of the system all the time. And we know you've run missions for the aristocrats, so they won't be too suspicious. You're just another freelancer. And not just any freelancer, a freelancer they think they're friendly with. The fools will trust you enough to at least let you dock. Once you've docked, it's game over for them. We unload and before they know it, We've got their leadership. I did wonder about how exactly our relationship with the aristocrats had gone sour. There had been company orders to trade with the aristocrats and support them. And it was true, most of us Pilots Federation members were EIC contractors rather than actually belonging to the company as such. And we would have looked like any other freelance contractor to the aristocrats. But despite the trade and the orders to support the aristocrats, we were now at war with them and a war that the aristocrats had supposedly started. I felt there was probably more to this than anyone was letting on. Smith continued. All you have to do is be yourself. Even if they do get suspicious, by the time they realize they've been had, their communications will be blocked, and they'll be facing over a hundred highly trained Imperial soldiers. We're hoping, with the absolute bare minimum of bloodshed, Shoots Enterprises will belong to the East India Company within hours. With the briefing over, Cal and I went up to the flight deck, leaving Smith to go back to supervise his troops. As I clipped myself into the captain's seat of our clipper, Cal and I looked at each other. Is it just me? He remarked. Or does this seem a bit... easy? Yeah, something's bothering me about this. The fact that we're at war with the aristocrats seems odd and, well, convenient to someone. Although, I added, recalling a rather painful memory, there was that guy at Vernadsky Platform who hit me with a metal bar a while back. I'd quite like to repay him in kind when this is all done. Alright. Holy shit, man. The, this Roy story stuff just keeps getting better and better. This, the sound effect work, the voice work of everybody other than myself, the just the... The whole thing is coming together really, really well. I want to give a huge salute to my man Roy and a huge salute to Matahai for the two of them have been sort of putting their heads together behind the scenes and cooking up, I think, really, really good shit for you guys. And I just like legitimately, this is part of Elite Week. So like my name goes on it. I deserve zero of the credit for this. All of the work for this is being done by the cast, Monahive, and most especially Roy, the three of and, and Mac Winston for writing this stuff to begin with. You guys are doing, yeah, you guys are doing great stuff. So like I'm I'm really, really excited. So just just huge salute to all of you guys. This shit is legit. So that takes us to our discussion topics. Elite the movie. 
casting elite. So the concept here is just a little bit of fun. It's been a light news week. I wanted to do a thing where we say like, if we were casting the movie of Elite Dangerous, who would we cast in these certain roles? Now, we're going to start off with the power play leaders. We've got Edwin Maha Edmund Mahan, the president of the Alliance. Now, Roy has picked either Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace. Oh, just to clarify, the rules of this is money is no object. You can get anyone in the galaxy and... You have a time machine, so you can cast dead people. It doesn't matter. You can say, I want this person, but you know when they were 20 years old, and maybe they're 50 now, whatever. It doesn't matter. So Edward Mahan and Roy says either Philip Seymour Hoffman, circa that picture there that you see, or Jim Gaffigan. Tweaked his pick, Tim Daly, the guy from Wings. And I have picked, as you can see there on the... Ah, oh, it's covered! You can't see it because of the fucking thing. All right, I'm moving it. I have picked fucking uh, uh, Jimmy Smith circa now. He's kind of a little older. He's, you know, he's not a young, he's not a spring chicken anymore. He, he looks like that. Look at that. Doesn't that look like some Edmund Mahan action to you? We're going to cover over Tim Daly because Jimmy Smith is better than Tim Daly. But Edmund Mahan. Now, we're going to leave it to uh, Wolf to just play. Just This is all just for funsy. We're going to leave it to Wolf to play our judge. Who do you think, Wolf? Do you think Edmund Mahand is Jimmy Smits? Do you think he's Tim Daly? Or uh, Roy cheated in pick two? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman or Jim Gaffigan? I'm going to go with Tim Daly for this. Oh, really? you chose wrong. Really? Okay. Fair, fair. <laughs> so that's a point for tweaked, right? I'm, I'm going to keep yep, score. That's, that's yeah, right. Replace your bets, and we're going to see who has to drink he's, more later. So are you going to tell he's us got, why? He's got that look, and, and and if you get an older picture of Tim Daly, he looks almost exactly like Edward Mahone, so uh, I, I couldn't okay. help yeah, it. The, the, <laughs> the visual was right. I love him. I love Tim Daly in there's that Madam Secretary show where he plays the husband of the I guess president now, Taya Leone. And like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I love Tim Daly. I think he's a great choice. I think Jimmy Smith is a better choice. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is also a phenomenal choice, but like, okay, whatever. Like, I see it. I see it. I think good choices all around. Next up, we've got Arissa Lavinia Duvall, for which Roy picks Kira Knightley. Oh, so gorgeous. But Arissa Lavinia Duvall, okay. Tweaked picks Lena Haiti, fucking uh, Cersei Lannister, but with dark hair. I, I, Phenomenal actress, phenomenal choice. And I'm picking, I'm going with Hilary Swank Circa Away. You know that the show that Netflix did where uh, she's the the crew chief, the, the commander, uh, the mission commander for the mission to Mars, the first man mission to Mars. Uh, so we've got we've got Kira Knightley, who I think is just far too pretty for the role. We've got Cersei, who is a phenomenal choice. She you love to hate Cersei. And you've got Hillary Swank from from away. All right, what do you think, Wolf? Uh, I'm gonna have to go tweaked again for just the love to hate part. Um, if if Lena if Lena wasn't there, I'm gonna say that everybody was wrong and award the point <laughs> to myself for saying it should have been a Carpenter. Oof, she's way too hot. But yeah, okay. Uh, that's that is a that that's a way to go. Uh, guess what? 
We don't need you for this one, Wolf. The next choice is who is going to play Zach Hudson, the evil president? Uh, Roy picked Robert Patrick Jr. Tweaked picked Robert Patrick Jr. I picked older, oh, he's old man, Robert Patrick Jr. Yeah, it's obvious who's fucking Hudson. Uh, it's Robert Patrick Jr. Like, duh. Uh, go ahead, Wolfie. Do you, do you, would you like to provide a wrong choice as who would be better, or are you going to agree with us on Robert Patrick Jr.? Jr.? I'm, I'm going to agree and give each of you a point. Oh, good. Yeah. And th- right. That's without any consultation between us, too. We all just came up with that. <laughs> it's kind of obvious who it's got to be. See the 3D rendering? It's, yeah. it's Robert Patrick yeah. Jr. Right? Yeah. I think Obviously. that one's scrolling left, Kai. And yep. uh, it's, it's dead on. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Next up. We've got Ashling Duvall, the people's princess, the purple, the blue-haired girl, the most gorgeous girl in the galaxy. And Roy has picked Mila Kunis. Oh, Mila. Oh, hold on. Let me just stare for a moment. Uh, Tweaked has picked Space Khaleesi. Amelia Clark. He went old school Khaleesi. He's like Khaleesi for one, Khaleesi for forever. I have chosen correctly. And gone with, I have chosen fucking, yeah, come on. Uh, Marina Baccarin, Kara, like her, her uh, Marina Baccarin is Inara. Yes. I love, I love <laughs> Inara. She, she, she is a true love of mine, but there's only one answer for the blue haired princess that she's space Khaleesi. Oh. She's been space Khaleesi for years. Oh, it's, it's so funny how you're so wrong tweak. Uh, but we will let our judge hop in on this. And I want guys get in on this, on the chatter, on the, on the, uh, on the, on the chat. I, I want to know, come on, who is it? And you can say any answer that you feel is correct. So long as it's Marina Karen, uh, Wolf go. I, I mean, Everybody does call her Space Khaleesi, but Marina Pacarin's way hotter. You're going to have to blue hair on her, but I'm pretty sure that she do that for the role. I mean, she's she's literally, this is who they aim, just the same way as Robert Patrick. Like, they were like, okay, that we're going to use Robert Patrick, and we're going to make a picture, and we're going to call it Hudson. They used a Marina Pacarin. Don't tell me they didn't. They, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I see Amelia mm. Clark when I look at her more than I see Anara. Oh, I see uh, Mila Kunis, but... Yeah, okay, you guys are wrong. Next up, we have... Uh, that's a point for me, by the way, for those keeping score. Next up, we've got Denton Petraeus. And Roy said, Cass Anvar, fuck that guy, creep. And then said, Michael Mando. Don't know who he is, but right off the top, I'm going to say, way better than Cass Anvar. Not trying to fucking touch... Not kind of trying to touch little girls, so... Yay. All right. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I went with uh, this guy. I forget his fucking name. Uh, But he is the guy. He was the guy that played Penny on... uh, What was that show? The Wizards? The fucking... The Magicians. The Magicians. Cool actor. uh, Interesting vibe. He had a real weird, cool, sarcastic kind of thing. And uh, as far as I know, he's never been inappropriate with women. Uh, <clears throat> and Tweaked went with whoever this fucking haircut is, uh, Ryan Guzman. So, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, Tweaked, do, do you want to defend this choice? Is this just like 
your wife was hot for whoever this guy is or is or no this is uh actually i think if you uh if, if you put him with the makeup and the hair guys and all that kind of stuff i think he'd look a lot like denton patriots honestly right so this is tweak's throwaway vote <laughs> yeah it's a throwaway vote for sure yeah I, i've never actually seen him in anything so i have no idea what his freaking acting chops are like but i think he actually you look at put him up next to denton patriots and he looks a lot like him dude He's was i that, right I'm was this your good. wife's pick no. Well, okay. I mean, she helped with this. I'm not going to lie. She helped with this. But <laughs> but I was going through IMDb, and this I actually Denton Patriots was one of the tougher guys to find, I think. And yeah. He, he, you know, honestly, he's perfect. He is cast fucking Anvar, but fuck that guy. Look at, look at this. Look at that. But fuck that guy. Uh, so do you want to go with, obviously, it's not tweaked. Do you want to go with cue ball here, or do you want to go with... My fucking fine uh, Hindu fella over here with this weird neck scarf going on. Give the point to Roy on that one. Nice. Oh, fuck off. Wow. Okay. Fair. Whatever. Okay. Fair. Mm, not fair, but okay. Next up, Lee Yong Ri. Now, Lee Yong Ri is very, very iconic, very awesome to cast. And we're going to go with Roy's thought of. John Cho, you Leon Ri, John Cho, Leon Ri, John Cho. That's a good, that's a solid fucking pick, bro. It's not my pick, but it's a solid pick. I'm going with this dude. I forget his name, but he was fucking Prax in The Expanse. Come on, look at that face. And look at, look at this. This guy is an amazing actor. Everybody who saw The Expanse and knows Prax loves Prax. If you don't love Prax, Fuck off! Stop watching me. You're not you, you're not allowed to watch the show anymore. Uh, and and tweet went with Daniel Day Kim, amazing dude from Lost, and I think he did some like Hawaii Five O show. But that was actually my pick before I before I went to John Show. I, I was trying to match up facial like the cheekbone and the chin. I was really because it, you see uh, the sort of the narrowing down towards the chin. Uh, facial structure there and the brooding eyes. That's kind of mm -hmm. what I was. We got we got three fine Asian gentlemen here for you to pick from. Wolf, uh, keep in mind it doesn't have to be that it looks exactly like whatever. It's also who do you find to be a compelling actor, or it could be the look. It could be the look, but it could also be you know who do you think whatever. Uh, tell me you don't love Prax. I'm gonna fucking kick you from the Discord. You honestly think that I'm using some sort of rule set for <laughs> out which one of these I'm picking? All right. So do we have John Cho? Do we have uh, Harold? Do we have Prax? Or do we have fucking Korean dude from Lost? Daniel. Daniel Day Kim. It's Prax. Prax, I got a point. Yes. All right. Next up, we've got Pranav Antal. Pranav Antal is an interesting case. We've got tweaked, or sorry, we've got Roy went with Pete Davidson. Now, I'll give you this. Pete Davidson, he looks a bit like Pranavantal. He's got the right look as far as the, the fucking, I don't know. He just looks sort of, if you just took a picture, whatever. But Pete Davidson, anybody who's ever seen Pete Davidson, he's a fucking mumble mouth. He's always like, ah, I just got high. Like, he's a fucking spaz. As far as like all of his shit, like even his shit on Saturday Night Live, I love the dude, but he's a fucking spaz and a half. 
I went an entirely different way with this. Now for my casting, I'm gonna say, my choice doesn't look anything like Pranavantal because I, I said, fuck that. Pranavantal has just basically generic fucking white guy look. And let's be honest, if we're talking about the cast of the power play guys, they're all just sort of generic white people look for the most part, I said, let's go a different way. Let's add some flavor. Let's add some color. Let's add some diversity of, of you know, sex and race and whatever. And let's find a cool actor slash actress that could play an amazing, deep, interesting, enigmatic, because Pranavantal, you're talking about a tech guru. You're talking about basically a cult leader that like leads this weird hippie cult, whatever. Who would be an interesting person to play this character, this enigmatic, unknowing, you know, they give a speech and everybody's like, yay, we love you. And then they, as soon as they leave, like the fucking smile goes off and they become dark and enigmatic with dead eyes. And you're like, oh, I'm kind of scared and horny at the same time. And my choice was, that's right, uh, Tandy Newton from, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Westworld. Uh, number one, sexy as all hell. Number two, dark. If you've seen Westworld and you've seen the 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 the, the way that she played that part, ooh, scary, amazing, yeah, amazing, and tweaked. I had to do a little fucking lead up to that because I went a way different way, but I just wanted to sort of explain why. And tweaked went with this dude. Is if I'm not mistaken, this is the dude from the Americans, right? The husband. He is fucking amazing. He is such a good actor. He is, wow. I love that show, The Americans. I love him. Uh, I th honestly, I think the only bad choice here is Pete. Pete looks it, but oh my God. We're just getting high. Let's hang out and fuck Melissa Gomez, whatever the fuck her name I is. I love how you get to advocate for everyone's choices, guys. Bro, I'm, look, I, I like Tweet's choice here. I, the only one I don't like is yours, but okay, I'll shut up now. And it's up to you, the voting audience at home, and also, Wolf, what do you think? I mean, Sandy Newton's the only one, I think, who could pull off the two-faced nature as good. So the, the, have the, the charismatic that everybody sees, and then the one who is, no kidding, the big swinging one in charge and nobody says anything about it because yeah you're right it, it, it's kind of a hippie cult thing whatever i know this is advocating against my case but i will tell you this you I've, i can tell by the way you said that wolf you have not seen the americans if you've seen the americans this guy i don't know his fucking name but this guy is legit top tier amazing actor this guy could for sure pull it off pull alexander it off. alexander Belouv is his name this guy is fucking ridiculous. And he plays a spy who changes his face like this. He's like an older dude with fucking thinning hair. And then he's like a young guy who's ready to fucking murder people. Like he changes his face like a chameleon. He is legitimately a, I, I don't get me wrong. I love Tandy. I think she would be amazing in the role, but this guy would also be very good in the role. Sorry, Roy, you just, you're not in on this one, man. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, you know what? Let's be fair, Roy. Defend your, defend your choice of the fucking... 20-year-old fucking junkie with abs. Go. So every single one I picked, I was trying to match physical appearance. That was my prime character, my prime target. And I even went to the trouble of finding casting photos of each of these people with the same or as close as I could find haircut. And even the, you'll see in some of them the exact same pose. So that I was going totally after that. Fair. All right. All that works. <clears throat> you know, point goes to tweet. 
In fact, you were going to give the point to me, and then I talked myself out of it by telling you that this guy is fucking amazing. Like, no, legit. This guy is fucking sex on a stick. This guy is a legit actor, man. Like, legit. Should, you should have shut up while you were ahead, and eh. now, now <laughs> hey, here's the thing, though. It, it's it's fair because this guy deserves like both of these actors. This dude, whoever the fuck he is, and Thandy, whoever the fuck she is, they are both top tier amazing actors. They both deserve it. So, all right. Next up, we've got who's gonna play Yuri Grom? Now, Roy says. John Reese davies That's pretty fucking amazing. I dig that. I am here for that choice. John Reese davies is amazing. Loved him in Sliders. Loved him in The Lord of the Rings. Loved him in Indiana Jones. Loved him in everything he's ever done. This is a phenomenal choice, Roy. Tweaked. Went with Josh Brolin. I can see it. I'm here for Josh Brolin. He's cool he's gonna have they're gonna have to put like a bigger beard on him or whatever but like i can see he's got the acting chops to pull it off he did amazing with a bunch of the different roles that he's done i went with the dude from stranger things and the dude from stranger things he played the i forget the name of the character but basically in the black widow thing he played like fucking the russian version of captain america he played fucking captain commie bastard and like look at this tell me that this Oh my God. And, and, hold on, hold on. Yuri Grom! All right, so we've got my choice, which I think is amazing top notch. We've got Tweet's choice, Josh Brolin, which a phenomenal actor. I think he could do amazing with the role. And we've got John Reese davies which may be just fucking in, like too incredible. Like we have three phenomenal fucking choices. So, so you got a you got the tough job here, Wolf. Pick one. And, and wait, guys, guys, hop in. Mine that I think, in addition to knocking it off physically, can carry the gravitas of the role too, and has the voice and the chops and the whole the whole package. All three of them could definitely carry the character, but mm. I, I'm I'm looking at the one that is is the proper casting pick, and that is John Reese Davy. <gasps> Surprise! Curse you! Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Come on, my my guy was perfect. Oh, I'm sorry, fucking Haber. You you deserved that one, but life is not fair. Next up, we've got Archon Delane. Okay, Archon Delane is legit. Just, oh, amazing. Ready? Here we go. Archon Delane will be played by, behind door number one is... Will Ferrell, but with that hair, dude, it worked. And also, Will Ferrell would bring amazing comedy to the role. He would, it would be interesting. Which is what it does not need. No, okay. someone's going to bust into the conference and demand equivalency and, you know, come on. And he's going to sit down and fart real loud? Come on. Remember him in the tiger suit? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm biased here because you know how you have, you know how you have, everybody has a certain actor or two that they just can't freaking stand. And Will Ferrell is mine. I fucking oh, hate him oh, so much. Oh, no offense no. if Will Ferrell's listening to this show, but I don't, I've never he's liked him. He's a chameleon. He's anybody. Causing offense. I want to punch him in the face with a mallet and push him down an escalator. So well, please put aside your personal prejudice for the, for the, you know, the, the truth here. That's what All I would right. say. So, <laughs> who gets the point? Behind door number two, we've got Tweak's choice of Dolph Lundgren. Dolph with a wig, uh, like I, I'm there for it. 
I'm there for it. I legit, I, I see it. I see it being a very real possibility. Or door number three. I have two choices on this one. I cheated on this one. My first pos- my first choice is the fucking, j- what was his name? Tormund Trollsbane from, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Game of Thrones. The guy that was hot for Brienne of Tarth. Look at that beard. Look at that face. Remember all the smirks that he made? I could see Archon Delane. Hold on. Look at that face, dude. Look at that crazy smile. The eyes, the helter-skelter eyes. Phenomenal. Okay, third pick. Look at that. Look at fucking Holman Trolls Bane, whatever the hell his name is. Look at fucking... Uh, we have a write-in from uh, from Twitch chat. Mm. Uh, Clasped Mars is suggesting Aquaman, by whom I think he means Jason Momoa. You know what? I said last night at the rundown meeting, Jason Momoa would be another phenomenal choice for this. Uh, but here's here's my... So my first choice is Tormund Trollsbane from... Uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Here's my second choice. I used two up on this one. Is Ron Perlman with long hair. Fuck you guys, I win. <laughs> Ron Perlman with wrong hair. And this comes care of... Commander, uh, uh, I, 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 in my head, I'm thinking Hesperius, but it's like, no, that's the name of that ship from the thing. Uh, there was a guy that posted it uh, in the elite chat yesterday, and I was like, uh, yeah, that's a winner. You, This face is that face. This is, okay. Uh, and also, he's got the chops. You know Hellboy can fucking act uh, legit. So, uh, all right. Uh, go ahead, Wolf, and tell me I'm right. You are right with the long-haired Ron Perlman. This is, I 100%. feel like I'm kind of cheating a little bit here because I'm sort of <laughs> I mean, look at all of them. No bad choices, but Ron Perlman, definitely. Zermina Torval is non-factor because Zermina Torval, Roy picked, James, James, Dame Judy Dench. Tweaked picked, Dame Judy Dench. I picked... Dang, Judy Dench. It's kind of obvious who Zermita Torval has to be. Uh, unless, Wolf, you have something that you're going to shock us with where you're like, I got a better choice or anybody from the chat, hop in. I love Judy Dench. How, how can you hate Judy Dench? Like, you know, the people are pretty split on Zermina Torval. Let's be honest. But look at that face. That is J- literally, they were like, okay, Judy Dench. But draw her like she just smelled a fart and she's not happy. That's that's the face of Zamina Torval. I mean, yeah. The, yeah, there is that. But now, now you're and, and you know she can they could get, and you know she can play the role. She can do it. Yeah. She's got the chops. She's got the chops. That's as close anything. as they could get without having to pay royalties. That's that's why they <laughs> can draw it. You could be like, uh, who has the acting chops to play Archon Delane? Dame Judy Dench. Like she can play anything. She is. One of the world's greatest actors, uh, but like, if you have somebody that looks exactly like her, I'm seeing in the chat some love for Glenn Close, man. Yeah, so there, the, I, my thought was Glenn Close, but I was also thinking hmm. Maggie Smith. Uh, Maggie Smith, I could see, but look at this, it's Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, it's there's it's a non-factor score-wise because we all pick the same. But uh, all right, Wolf is feeling Maggie Smith. Wolf is feeling uh, uh, Glenn, Glenn Close. Close, and uh, Glenn Close would be also an amazing choice. Love her. Loved her in Damages. Love her in the one where she boiled the bunny. <clears throat> Fucking what's his name? Screwed her. 
Yeah. Next up, we've got Felicia Winters. Behind door number one, we have... Sorry, I got distracted for just a moment. We've got, uh, what's her name from uh, Fatal Instinct? Sharon Stone. Now, are you thinking Sharon Stone circa Basic Instinct? When this, picture thinking... was, when this picture was taken, yeah. Oh. I mean, there are some pictures of her more recently. She's still a beautiful woman. and yeah. But this is the one I found where it just matched closest. Okay, so we got Felicia Winters. Roy's parents kicked in. <laughs> All right, now, Roy's, or uh, Tweak's choice is... Denise Crosby, uh, Yeoman Rand, right? Yeoman Tashiar, Tashiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not Yeoman Rand, yeah. Tashiar from Star Trek TNG. And I'm thinking, are you thinking her circa this picture, like older or whatever? Because I mean, she's playing a politician lady. Or are you thinking her circa Star Trek The Next Generation when she was on the bridge? Okay, all right. And my choice was Eliza Dushku. Imagine her short hair with the silvery look or whatever but this is not elijah dushku care of buffy this is elijah dushku now it's a little older still very very pretty but like you know a a, a mom a wife a you know uh, a woman in her 40s or whatever but like legitimately look at that face and imagine that with the silver fucking page cut you know look at that 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 face to me and also, she's got the acting chops. I think she would do phenomenal with the role. So, Elijah Dusku is Felicia Winters, I think. Let me let me let me say something about Sharon Stone. If you recall from the movie, she mm-hmm. played someone who was brilliant, conniving, could manipulate people, had control of any crowd she walked into. She could handle the intrigue. I'm thinking you guys are are overvaluing the beauty of Felicia Winters, or at least. Oh, Valuing it higher than I did. <laughs> so Felicia Winters is door number one. Sharon Stone. Right in both for Jamie Lee Curtis and Annie Lennox too. Oh, Annie Le- Annie Lennox. The hair is yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I I I dig the writing votes, but you, my friend, have to pick one of the three to give the point to. We've got Sharon Stone. We've got Eliza Dushku, current day as an older lady, but with the short hair up, and we've got. Tasha Yar, Kara, like now as an older lady, again, short silver hair up. So either which way, it's going to be short silver hair up. What do you think, Wolf? I'll go Sharon Stone. Nice. <sighs> this is Robert. He chose wisely. I was robbed. He chose wisely. <laughs> I was robbed. Next up, we've got, now we're on to the engineers. I picked seven engineers out specifically, just because you can't have all the engineers. This, it will be here till tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got the Dweller. Roy says that the Dweller is Michael Shannon. That dude. Roy, do you want to sort of... Well, I mean, he's... he's uh, I, I'll say this. I don't know that we know a whole lot about the engineers uh, as as uh, personalities. I mean, some of them you can, as we'll see, you can maybe ascribe character traits to based on what they want in, in uh, tribute to, to unlock them. But uh, I thought Michael Shannon, this is one where I seriously went after the look. And Michael Shannon's been in, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a well-versed actor. He's been in some, obviously, some superhero flicks as well. I think he could handle the the, the technical the technical dialogue and, and uh, you know, excellent, excellent character actor. He's very malleable, been in a lot of different roles. Very good. My choice is Spike from Buffy and Angel. Uh, but, but look at this engineer and look at sort of older Spike. 
and you know obviously bleach the hair blonde again and the dweller is spike this this right here looks like he was just arrested for fucking something and that definitely is what the dweller looks like uh that is my choice and i think it is a good one and so look at this face look at that face look at that face look at this face and tweak's choice was same guy so does tweak and i do tweak and i share the point or are you gonna be wrong and say royce both tweak and kai get the point because that was my pick as well okay Dun, dun, dun. You know who would also be an amazing actor that I think would, would play this? It's not my, I mean, I, I choose still Spike, but I think would be an amazing uh, alternate choice would be the guy that was the bad guy in season four of The Expanse. Uh, was it Ron Gorman? Is that his name? The one, you know, that he was fucking with uh, Amos. Uh, oh, whatever. the one with the hand missing? What? No. Season four on the on Illis. Uh, the oh. guy that ran the fucking the evil that ran the whatever I don't want to spoilers but he was yeah, also yeah. yeah 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 like I I think that would be a, a good write-in vote as well all right next up we're, we've got Felicity Farseer now Felicity's got a face like a camel so I went with a different look but like whatever I just pictured who would be a cool sort of older chick that would be a cool engineer that would be like could play a, like a weird you know i'm gonna tell you weird shit about the dark wheel kind of fucking chick so roy picked jane lynch solid choice bro jane lynch felicity farseer solid choice and she's got the chops tweaked picked jane lynch solid choice i'm seeing a theme here i picked ming na from uh what do you call it uh matt shield agents of shield and scar stargate universe and all these different things i kind of see i just think that she could do a good job first off you know a little bit not not, not a spring chicken anymore but has that kind of cool like mystery vibe that kind of like she knows shit that she's not telling you there's secrets there's stuff there's whatever I realize that I'm selling the fuck out of this at this point, and that I'm not going to get the point at this point. We, we've got a we've got a write in on on uh, Twitch from Beyond Aeon, uh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. So Tilda, Tilda Swinton, Swinton would be a good, good choice too. Good choice too. Uh, but let me let me say a bit about Jane Lynch. I mean, uh, she often is in roles where she looks like she's, you know, sat out in the sun too long, uh, mm -hmm. and it, she can do the rough look. Obviously, in these pictures, she's. Um, a, a very beautiful woman, yeah. and, and but she can she can really look haggard and rough, which is what I get looking at uh, Felicity Farsi. Felicity, as well. yep. I see. And that's why and the point. YouTube is agreeing in. with Jane Lynch. Yeah, and that's why the points go into Roy and Tweaked. Fair. All right. Next up, we've got Lee Chung, Lee Chung, the engineer, and Roy says. That the master blaster from Laxac is Ian Anthony Dale. So Ian Anthony Dale is uh, he's he's an actor of um, uh, mixed mixed but part Asian heritage, and that's kind of the look I got from uh, from this engineer as well, and not just the name, but the look as well. Um, he's uh, quite versatile as a character actor. Uh, and shows up in a lot of he's been in a lot of TV shows um, where where you're looking for that sort of um, 
uh, a mix mix look, I guess mm-hmm. I'd call it. All right. I went with, ah, uh, come on, Asian Jim from The Office. He was at Asian Jim for an episode. He's, uh, the guy's name is Randall Park. He was the dad in Fresh Off the Boat. He's been in just so many things. He's fucking amazing. And A, he, you know this guy would bring the comedy. He's also a good actor. He does serious stuff. Randall Park is Lee Chung. Fight me if you disagree. And Tweaked picked. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not right. You didn't pick Jimmy Chim. You picked, uh, wasn't it? You picked, uh, yeah. I I think your wife helped you with this pick again. No, it, it, it looks, <laughs> you look at him. He's got the look. He looked a bit like Lee Chung, which surprised me because uh, Channing Tatum's not Oriental at all. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, just to be clear, we, we say Asian when it's people. Oriental is like objects, like a rug or like a carpet or a book. But yeah, so uh, you went with Magic Mike. Uh, I went with <laughs> fucking uh, Randall Park House Down or whatever that movie was instead of Magic Mike. But if you like Magic Mike, that's that's your prerogative. So. And, and Roy went with Anthony. He was in, in The Hangover and Hawaii Five O. So throw that out there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, who who do you pick to be the best Randall Park Wolf? Uh, I mean Lee Chung. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna give the point to Kai on this. All right. Next up, we've got Marco Quint. Now, Marco Quint, you're talking about a, a man of mystery. You're talking about somebody who's interesting and dark and brooding, and that you know you probably also would want to kill after you fucking unlocked his shit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slog. And Roy picked. Orlando Bloom. And I gotta say, look at this face. Look at that face. These are, these are, these are, these things look like each other. I see it. I do see it. I would have, when you said Orlando Bloom, I'm like, fuck that little 12 year old bleach blonde. But if you look at him now, this face looks, he's a, he's a, he's a gentleman. He's a brooding gentleman at this point. I can see that. I can see that. Tweaked picked Jimmy Smith's solid. Solid choice. Good actor. Look at that fucking flavor saver. I see it. I dig it. I'm there for it. I went a different way. I went with Idris Elba. I think dark, brooding, handsome, fucking amazing. He is my choice, honestly. I think when that whole thing happened with James Bond and they were like, ah, Idris Elba, he wanted to play Bond. And they were like, no, Bond has to be a white guy. And it's like, hey, fuckface. James Bond, you're talking about a guy, if you look at the fucking, the old school books, he was played by, he was a guy that was supposed to be an Eaton man. So he was an upscale British dude. Who was the quintessential James Bond? Who was the first James Bond ever? Sean Connery, a fucking Scotsman with a speech impediment. Not at all James Bond, but he still, he kicked the role. He kicked the shit out of the role. He was an amazing James Bond. I think Idris Elba would have been as well. I think he would make an amazing Marco Quint. Look at these pictures. Look at this brooding fucking handsome gentleman that can act like a motherfucker. Come on. All right. I think I've sold mine enough. You guys want to hop in and sell yours some more? I tried to sell both of yours, but go for it. Well, I mean, Orlando, he's got the look. He's also completely broad as an actor. He can he can carry that character, the the, the piercing look and the yeah. That, that's I, that's how I picked him. So we got Orlando Bloom. And- 
Jimmy and Smith. I think Jimmy Jimmy Smith, you know, can play that kind of a role, can carry that kind of a gravitas about him. And you look at him, he looks just like him. Hmm. Right on. All right, Wolf. Jimmy Smith. Good choice. Good choice. I'm not gonna lie. Good choice. Yep. Solid choice. All right. We're almost we're we're rounding the the bend here. Next up, we've got Professor Palin, and. Of course, Roy went with Madge Nicholson, Hannibal himself. Uh, Madge is a good actor. He's got a good look. We know he can. We know he's got the chops. He's got a good look. I think that's a very, very solid choice. Tweaks went with Stanley Tucci. Wait, was that your choice for? No, your choice for Palin was. Yeah, I think your wolf helped you out with some of these choices. Uh, yep, there's John Cena. He's a handsome man. To uh, man. That's another one where I was going through <laughs> pictures and I landed on him. I'm like, a wrestler? And then I looked at him like, eh, he does kind of have the look. Professor Palin was another, he's just a very generic looking dude there. And I was just trying to find somebody that looked kind of like. Fair. Okay. All right. All right. My choice for Professor Palin is... Beltalora. Come on, man. We've got uh, this dude. I forget his name, but he's Jared Harris. Jared Harris is, I think, one of the best actors alive. He was fucking phenomenal as Anderson Dawes in The Expanse. He was phenomenal as the King in the Crown. He was phenomenal in Mad Men. He is phenomenal as fucking Harry Seldon in the, the, the clips that I've seen of the upcoming uh, uh, Foundation series. I'm loving the writing that I'm seeing from a whole bunch of people in chat of saying Gary Oldman, and that is a very good choice, but he is not one of the three that Wolf gets to pick from. So I, I want to just add in, so Mads has not only played major, major characters, and I see Palin as, I think, the lead engineer in mm, terms for of sure. how I he's agree. been in the story. And think about Mads also, um, for those of you who've ever played uh, Death Stranding, he's been in a video game. He's been a main character in a video game as well, mm -hmm. for what that's worth. Uh, he, he's he's just all kinds of gravitas and drama, deep, deep drama, even in a science setting. Okay, so for this one, honestly, I think your choices, you, you get to pick from Madge, solid choice. Jared Harris, the most solid choice that's ever existed in the history of time. Come on, hold on. Let me look at this face right here. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, sorry. Wrong one. Whoop. Look at this. This right here, my friend, is some fucking Professor Palin. That is Professor Palin. Tell me I'm wrong. Or you can go with Tweak's choice, which is the fucking wrestling dude. Uh, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm qualifying Tweak's choice for this one, and honestly, the next one because he didn't make it so that it played the audio file for the fucking intro. What? <laughs> John Cena's intro music? Oh, that, isn't that da 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 da? No, something different. I don't know. Whatever. I don't follow wrestling. I I I watch UFC fights. I watch UFC fights where real men beat the shit out of each other. I don't watch pro wrestling where two guys with fake tans get oiled up and roll around on the floor. If you're into soft porn, if you're into gay soft porn, that's fine. Dad, no judgment. That's your business, but it's not my thing. All right, so we've got Professor Palin, which is Madge Nichols. Is going to be who? Roy. I'm, 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 I, I love Jared Harris, but Jared Harris is my pick for someone else, to be perfectly Me too. honest. Yep. Oof. Who do you pick Jared Harris for? 
You'll see. <laughs> wow, fuck both of you guys. I haven't even thought exactly who he's thinking about. Lori Jameson. So Larry Jameson and Roy went with Charlize Theron. Very, very solid choice. Yeah, and a very particular look from her as well. I went with, for Lori Jameson, I figured, okay, she's got to be crazy gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's John Jameson's offspring. So it's got to be, she's got to be crazy gorgeous. I know Lori Jameson in the game is ugly. All of the engineers in the game look like they fell out of the tree and hit every fucking ugly branch on the way down. But Scarlett Johansson as the sexy, fucking desirable Lori Jameson. That's my choice number one. My choice number two, Charisma Carpenter. Oof, as a Charisma Carpenter, circa first year of Angel. You know, last year of Buffy, first year of Angel. Uh, choice number two. And choice number three, Anna Diarmas. I think the most gorgeous woman on the planet, period, bar none. Anna Diarmas. Uh, she would be also an amazing uh, space Khaleesi. But Anna Diarmas as Lori Jameson. We're basically, obviously, picking the hottest chick we can find here. Yeah, I'll, I didn't I'll, go that route with yeah, her. Yeah, I, I, I didn't go that route either. Like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, I don't look at Lori Jameson and see a supermodel. I look, look yeah. at Lori Jameson and see a badass girl that grew up on the streets and can handle herself, kind of. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Tweak's choice is Stanley Tucci. No. Tweak's choice was this, this girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he went with more man meat. Uh, uh, no. Uh, explain this choice. I, very pretty, very interesting, very, I think, very cool choice. I don't know who exactly she is, but hook it up. Aaron, Tell us, Tweet. Aaron Kellyman played Emphis Nest in Solo, A Star Wars Story. She played a kind of a leader of a gang of marauders, and she just has that look. She looks like she grew up on the streets. She looks like she could kick somebody's ass, and I think that's what Laurie Jameson is, kind of. And she's a badass actor, by the way, too. For as young as she is, she's a great actor. Very cool. I dig it. That sounds awesome. So your choice is door number one, Charlize Theron. Door number two, this girl from Solo. Door number three, one of my three phenomenal hot chick choices, which are Scarlett Johansson. If you don't put her in a movie, you're just throwing away money. Uh, Charisma Carpenter or Anna Diarmas. Uh your choice. Wolf. Throne. All right. This this whole thing is rigged. I, I want to come <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got Etienne Dorn. Etienne Dorn could be played by Roy's choice, which is Ronald, but Ronald Lacey, R.I.P., which is the crazy fucking Nazi that burned the little emblem into his hand in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or choice number two from Roy is Jared Harris. So Ronald Lacey, Jared Harris, creepy fucking Etienne Dorn. I didn't know we could use a time machine. So I, I thought, I thought, uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, dude, obvious choice. But if I had to pick someone who was still available, that's that's why I picked uh, the second one. Fair enough. And Tweak went with Tweak went with Stanley Tucci. Amazing choice. Great actress, not this little girl. He went with Stanley Tucci. Stanley Carpenter. Tucci played the uh, the little scientist in the Captain America movie back Hell in yeah. the day. And and at Fair. first I did. I thought the same guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark 2. And then I got looking at him and I was like, oh, no, it's got to be this guy from Captain America. I went with crazy fucking Nazi dude, 
what burned the emblem into his hand from Raiders of the Last Ark. Lost Ark. And the winner is Wolf. I look at Etienne Dorn, I think of Kim Chan, Uncle Benny. But oh, from, from Lethal Weapon? Yeah. But Yeah, that's a good one. I I do I do like the 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 Nazi guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that is a point to Roy and Kai. Take it. Next up, we've got, and we're rounding the bend here, the home stretch. Who is going to be the male and female commander? Who's going to be? So this is going to count for two points. It's two separate points. Male commander. No, you're breathtaking. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Roy's or Tweak's choice for male commander is Tom Payne. Those eyes, my Jesus. All right. Tom Payne. He played Jesus in The Walking Dead, and he plays the main detective in a show called Prodigal Son that's on right now. Beautiful. And my choice for the commander dude, I got a couple choices here. Number Choice number one, come on, the mark with the mouth. We're talking about Ryan Reynolds as the commander. My second choice, and Ryan Reynolds is, if he's doing a lot of snappy one-liners and this, that, and the other, my second choice for the commander is... If it's the guy wearing the helmet the whole time, you don't see his face as much. Pedro Pascal, he's known for it. He's the Mandalorian. He's the dude who wears the helmet. What does good? Uh, and was, you know, the sand spear in Game of Thrones. And I mean, Pedro Pascal is amazing. Keanu Reeves is amazing. Uh, this guy, I have no clue about. Let me add this into, um, obviously, Keanu Reeves is... is uh you know at a super super high point in his career right now everybody loves him mm -hmm. if they want if they want this movie to make money uh and it's got a science fiction setting <clears throat> i mean the, the venn diagram of overlaps of those two crowds just people who, the three circles of people who love keanu people who would go and see a sci-fi movie um and just people who go to see any movie he'd feature large in all three of those but the thing i was going to say is i paired him with someone as the female commander which i think enhances the choice of both of them and i'm not sure how you want to handle that because it's i think there's a there's a reason i chose him to go with well you 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 stated it so the judge is aware of your your thing but we're doing the male commander then we're doing the female commander but just for keep in mind well for for roy's choice he specifically wanted to pair these two to work together. So keep that in mind. I'm seeing in the chat, Carl Urban, great choice. Uh, Henry Cavill, good choice. Uh, um, I'm seeing Matt Damon, good choice. Uh, I'm seeing Danny DeVito, fucking hilarious. But the best choice that I'm seeing in chat that is making me like, oh, I wish I would have picked this guy is fucking Tom Hardy. Legit. But I'm sticking with my either... If you're doing it to where it's like the silent commander, I, 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 well, you know, a few lines here and there, but not a lot. I, I'm loving Pedro Pascal. If you're talking about tons and tons of, of like one-liners and witty shit and funny, you know, fucking, uh, 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 what Deadpool, you know, Deadpool, then you go the Ryan Reynolds route. Uh, I'm liking, I'm liking those. Uh, Tweak, do you want to defend your choice to this guy a little? I just think he's a guy that you put in a movie like that and, people are going to pay attention to him. He's a good actor. He's he's always likable in everything you see him in. And for a no, you don't need a big name for a throwaway role that's just the male commander. So, Oh, I, I'm going to jump back in. The male commander is who everyone in the audience is going to identify with. He's the protagonist. Uh, the Mandalorian, and, and he also needs, you're right. 
you know, it needs to be an everyman as well. Like, what role has Keanu not played that you could identify with somehow? Fair. Just saying. Fair. Um, all right. Time for your vote, Wolf. Because where the points are, let's move on to the female commanders. I'll award two <laughs> points. Otherwise, we're going to have to have a tiebreaker round. <laughs> all right. Next up. I think that means that I won that point and he's just not giving it to me. Wow. Next up, the <clears throat> the female commander is... Now, keep in mind, Roy wanted these to pair together. Mine actually were meant to pair together as well, but the female choice is Winona Ryder. So he's talking Keanu and Winona forever, and that's legit. I dig that. That's what's up. My choice of female commander, which I think would go phenomenal with Pedro Pascal, is... Minka Kelly, Minka Kelly. She, I think, is amazing and would be a phenomenal female choice. It would be great with Pedro Pascal. Would also be phenomenal with uh, um, um, Deadpool guy, uh, Ryan Reynolds. And Tweaked, you didn't have a picture for your choice on this one, did you? This is where I go Morena Baccarin, Anara. Nice, nice. Good choice, good choice. All right, so for female commander, you've got I just need to just do this because that's all anybody needs to see. You got Minka Kelly, obvious choice. You've got Winona Ryder, phenomenal, great, love her, uh, good choice. And you've got Marina Baccarin uh, from Tweet. So let me let me just say a couple words here. So for, uh, for those who don't know, Keanu and Winona in real life have worked together many times and I and would love to work together again. They've got amazing chemistry. So whatever if there's a, if there's going to be any um, any kind of romantic subplot in this movie, those two could sell it because they actually do love each other. Um, and they've both been in science fiction franchises, him in the Matrix and her in Stranger Things. So it's not an unfamiliar genre to that. That's legit. That's legit. I don't think it's as good as Minka Kelly paired up with Pedro Pascal or Ryan Reynolds. I think just Minka Kelly in anything, yes. And and both of those two guys are fucking amazing. And and Tweet's choices of that dude, what nobody knows, and uh, uh, Anara, uh, Marina Baccarin, a good, solid choice. Like, that dude, I'm, I believe he's a good actor. All right, cool. So, Wolf, who are you granting the point of the lead male actor to? Or are you going to just grant them together as a twofer? It's, it's a split. And... Um... It, it's a very, very close race that, uh, unfortunately, Kai, you lost. Oh, unfair. I'm going to call oh. the East German judge. See what's up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like, Give your reasoning. I like, I, I, I like Roy's pick of Keanu Reeves more okay. for mm -hmm. the male command. I like the justification of Winona Ryder, but um, I think a more more interesting screenplay uh, Morena Baccarin would be better for the female character okay. and right. also for hahas you can make her commander anara just just for that time <laughs> you could make that, her commander anara.cz huh 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 <laughs> that's her last name is cz she's from the planet where you just have the first couple letters of check names all right the guy with with eight points, you have lost this battle. Fair. And it is a very, very close sec uh, second and first. Roy has ten points. Tweet, nine. <gasps> I thought that was going to go the other way. Wow. 
<laughs> I'm so honored. I'm so wow. honored. You want to so, Kai, what did I win? Uh, you've won this lovely set of steak knives. Well, I'd like to thank the judge, the judge in this case, uh, uh-huh. for being totally impartial and, and seeing the one the that you paid. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I see how it is. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's legit. All right, so. There you have the casting of Elite, the movie. Write in in the comments section. You know, people have been putting in on the live chat their choices, but as soon as the video closes, as soon as the the stream closes, we're going to be up for you to put in the comments section. I want to hear your choices for casting Elite, the movie, which takes us to our last discussion topic, which is just, and this is going to be super, super quick, instant out of the pads after 90 seconds. They already do this. When you go multi-crew, your ship just disappears. When I was at a CG this week, all week, and I had to, I was disgusted with myself. I had to go into solo all fucking week because you go to deliver stuff, you go to turn in your bonds, you go to whatever, and it's always at the, it was at the ship, uh, what is it, the the fucking Justice of Jakar or whatever the hell that this that 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 station was that that mega ship, and it's one large pad all week. And every fucking time I go there, there's one asshole AFK at that pad for a half an hour. And you're like, dude, seriously? Come on, man. Just Frontier. You already have the mechanism in there. You do this already right now. If I multi-crew with Tweak on his ship, if we were both playing on PC, my ship would just disappear after like 30 seconds. Make it, give the person, say 90 seconds, whatever. After 90 seconds, if you're landed at the pad, and you're 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 not in the process of taking the yeah, the spirit of laylapse or whatever. If you're not on your way taking off, fucking just instance the person out. Let them be there for half an hour while they go and you know watch an episode of you know who's the boss and fucking make themselves some 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 fucking meatloaf or whatever. Like just just let let them instance out so we can get to the stuff for the love of god frontier does anybody have anything they want to add to that subject uh just quick i'd say if they uh, it's an obvious mechanic and even if they if you're saying well in the real if you're trying to match reality it would take a long time for a bunch of large ships to unload but if that was the case in game lore they'd pick a different station to accommodate thousands of commanders showing up with stuff so yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Maybe don't have a CG where you're turning shit in where there's one pad to land at. That's a, that's bad planning. Uh, feedback. I just want to call out and say thank you to the many, many, many people who have been commenting on the videos in the comments section and the, the highlight clips and stuff throughout the week of uh, people who have been like showing support. Uh, have been saying that the the bullshit with the forums was ridiculous. Have been saying that you know they uh, like uh, the the clips. They like you know the stuff we've been saying. Uh, getting so many people signing up for the show and you know showing support and very kind words. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for all of that. <clears throat> My state of the game right now, uh, legit. I'm just pegged at like a nine and a half to 10 out of 10. I am so psyched that we're two weeks away from having actual hands-on. Uh, the story is good. There's been some things where it's like, 
hey, man, uh, how is this going to go? How is that going to go? But I have faith. I think that stuff's going to play through. I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. And, and so just loving Elite right now, a little nervous for what's to come. But until we actually see it, there's no point in being, uh, you know, sort of down about it. Just I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm digging it. Roy, state of the game. Yeah, I'm still a solid 10. I can wait two and a half weeks, regardless of what concerns there may be. I'm just anxious to get it, get my hands on it and try it out and have some fun. I'm on an extended uh, part of the Distant Screws 2 trip. Uh, Dubs and Teflon and I, I think soon, soon to be joined by some others, are heading out to the void. I'm almost there. So basically straight straight west, a little north from Colonia. Never been to that part of the, the galaxy, and it's a... It's farther from Colonia to there than it was from the bubble of Colonia, so it's it's neat neat haul. I'm just really enjoying it. Right on. Tweaked, state of the game. I'm gonna be the downer here. I'm gonna be pegged right around a six, six and a half. And and it's not F Dev's fault per se. It's nothing to do with the game. The game is running great. The game ever I think anybody that has listened for any amount of time knows how much I love this game. I'm just fighting boredom. I've, I've, I've done everything. I've worked BGS. I've done wars. I've gone out in the black. I've done some mining, trying to just just spark that love again. And I, I just need something new. I need something new and shiny and exciting. And I got a long way to head. And Wolf, state of the game. Go with a nine. I love this game. It is so much fun to play. There's lots of different loops that I can do. I'm not bored with any of them. And honestly, I only deduct the one point for the nothing new FPS aspect that we got in the in the release video for. And here's what's coming. I, I wanted I wanted to see more, even if it was just the FPS aspect of just being able to. And here's this facility, and here's the type of scenarios that'll happen, and just even the briefest explanations of some of the game arcs rather than a scripted run-through of go go in, just kill everyone, steal the thing, and run away. Like We, we all know that's how we're going to end up playing it, but if you're going to give a teaser, build up some, build up either a story or build up a lot of information to show that we've put a lot of time and effort into this, which I'm sure they have. It just didn't come across as incredibly apparent that there's going to be more to it than just the pew-pews that we've been showing you in the, the Michael Bay trailer and now this. Fair enough. All right, everybody, we're way late again, so we're going to just do the group. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Stay dangerous. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, fucking nanu. And I'm going to play us out now. I met my old lover on the street last night. He seemed so glad to see me. I just smiled And we talked about the old times And we drank ourselves some beers Still crazy after all these years I'm still crazy after all these years
I'm not the kind of girl who tends to socialize. I seem to lean on old familiar ways, and I ain't no fool for love songs that whisper in my ears. Still crazy. After all these years, I'm still crazy. After all these years, far in the morning, crept out, yawning, longing my life away. Crazy after all. 